disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle. Where'd you get that? Uh, like research? Like those are, that's a real... I believe so, yeah. A real oh, plane yeah. squadron? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's... Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's real. That that's really them, happened. And then the ship was Yeah, I forget the name of the ship. Cotopaxi. Yep. I believe they both happened in the Bermuda Triangle. And now they're starting to look, there's energy and stuff right on the the edge of it and they think that if there's an alien uh base underground underwater you know that's getting to be a thing <laughs> getting to be a thing all right <laughs> this episode's only like seconds old and it's already getting to be a thing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's a new it's a new thing you believe <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I do, but they, they're trying to well, understand, I just, I don't understand the UFOs the... like going underwater or they're coming out of the water. Yeah. I think it's a time warp or something. Uh, yeah, I think that's more wormhole. likely is that, yeah, there's some kind of spatial and... anomaly thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's parallel universes or a bridge between two yeah. points in our universe or outside of our universe, but our galaxy, you know, that kind of thing. Right, it's universe is smaller than galaxy, galaxies bigger right that's how that goes no reverse it's the other way yeah oh galaxy is small milky way yeah. galaxy is in a larger right yeah. okay is so, in what the universe oh, yeah. yeah okay Galaxies i can I, in, in my head because it's all yeah, conceptual yeah. so i'm like yeah. hey, which one's the big one yeah that's how you can have something intergalactic between galaxies planetary but intergalactic yeah but universal is oh my mom's singing oh, everyone either that or somewhere an old creaky chest was opening <laughs> uh isn't that the uh Beastie Boys. It is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. Good, great video. Features yeah. Kaiju. Oh. Big giant space aliens. Oh, they also robot. did Brass Monkey, which we're not drinking. No, we're not. Sure, yeah. We can just list stuff we're not doing that's Beastie Boys related. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not getting our hair cut at Paul's Boutique. Uh-huh. We're not bowling. Bowling? Mm-hmm. No, they don't take the Nazis bowling. It's not Nazis. It's skinheads. Skinheads. Skin and that's also not that. It's Camper Van Beethoven. No, I yeah. was th- I was thinking y'all? of um, the Big Lebowski bowling. What does that have to do with the Beastie Boys? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I yeah. think... <laughs> Damn right. Yep. Boy, I don't know if we're going to make it out of this episode. This episode <laughs> might be the fucking Bermuda Triangle of episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Yeah, what? We got some lost tapes. No, no, no. We have one that was deleted for spite. The yeah. lost And we have... My mom's doing fucking old-timey radio. I can't believe it. She's got a whole Foley kit over there. A bunch for, of sand so she can sound like she's walking on the beach. The deleted for spite got never recorded because of insanity. Because not an episode. Yeah. Um, and then we have, like, a couple of things, like, outtakes and omissions. Poor audio and quality. Poor audio quality, yep. But we've never actually started recording an episode and then been trapped in it for all time or mm-hmm. anything which might be that's the the bermuda triangle please don't show off this episode it's the only way we can live yeah if you're hearing this send help <laughs> help oh my god it's gonna be a long one it's already a long one and we've only been recording for four minutes are we recording no 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 oh. no not at all
I thought Let's you... just talk about the movie in an no, unstructured I thought, fashion. I thought there was an announcement. What does that little red light mean? Yeah. Where? No, don't even look at anything. Oh, okay. Just keep keep your keep your eyes on the road. Okay. I'm driving. Great. Good radio. She's doing she's doing driving hands. Everybody knows what that means. Top quality radio. I love that when the ship finally responds. Yeah. In that big base. Yeah. And it blows out the windows. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's great. Awesome. I, I have a thing for this. Okay. It's not a bit. Okay. It's just an interesting thing. I guess it's kind of a bit. It's not I'm not making it up. It's like a thing that I've prepared. So at my job, we have a copy of Video Hound's Golden Movie Retriever from nineteen ninety seven. Oh. It is, as it says on the cover, the complete guide to movies on video cassette, laserdisc, and CD. Mm-hmm. The quote at the top, the pull quote for it is its breadth is unsurpassed. Four stars, USA Today. Uh, comes with a new website guide in every book, fortified with cinematographer and alternate format indexes. Bold new design matches any decor. I'll show you guys it is mm-hmm. pretty aqua blue, so I don't know how many Ooh. decors that will match, but that's kind of fun. And the film we are discussing today. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1997, directed by one a uh, young Latin American man, Senor Spielbergio. <laughs> it's from Simpsons. Ah, yeah. sure. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, they give it four bones. Their rating scale, uh, that's the highest okay. of eight, eight ratings. From Woof, which is zero bones, one, one and a half, and so on, up to four. Four bones is described as Masterful cinematic expression, flawless or nearly so, will want to recommend to strangers on the street. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Uh, and it also clarifies, movies are rated by genre and subgenre so that movies of a certain type, say, teen sex comedies, are comparatively rated. For instance, Weekend at Bernie's 2 is not rated in the same way as The Godfather. Bernie is appreciative, we're sure, is what it says. <laughs> so yeah, it was given four bones. Well, he sure did his research in making this movie. Me, yeah, I did. I read a, I read a thing that was Stephen. like Stephen. Oh, Stephen, yeah, I thought Stephen you meant me. Stephen Big as written and directed by Steven Spielberg, but his screenplay was polished by uh, four different people. Jerry Belson, who was before this largely a TV writer, he wrote on a lot of fucking TV shows, um, including Dick Van Dyke Show, which we all like, Mm. Uh, but a ton ton of TV. John Hill, who had only written one TV movie before this. It's called something Phoenix, the Phoenix something, Phoenix Rising, or I don't know, something. Mm. I don't know much about it. And then two screenwriters who have a few credits before this, like per you know, for each of them, but they had written the screenplay for Sugarland Express, which was Spielberg's. You know, uh, he, was that his directorial? It wasn't his debut, but that was his uh, like sophomore film, I think. I never saw it. I think I have a copy of it, but I I don't think I've ever seen it. 
Goldie up. Hawn comes to mind, Sugarland Express. I believe she is the star. She, yes. she, then I might have seen it. Okay. I'm looking up Spielberg. So after the shorts, uh, he apparently directed something called Firelight in 1964. I don't know if that's real. And then more shorts and some TV. His first, I think his first feature was Duel, which is the, oh, the, the truck uh, following the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then some TV movies. Sugarland Express is his first feature, so it's three. It's his fourth feature length. Okay. It's his first like theatrically released, followed by Jaws, followed by this. Jaws is the best. Um, but so yeah, uh, the two screenwriters who worked on Sugarland and this are Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins, who Allison, you'll be happy to know, went on to write the screenplay, or maybe co-write, uh, for Crimson Peak. Oh, I liked Crimson Peak. Turns out, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done Crimson Peak. Yeah, it's weird. So, so moving right along. Hello, excellent humans. Ba 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 ba. <laughs> Welcome to another Hate Watch Great Watch. I'm your co-host Hunter Bush. With me, as always, your other co-host Allison Nicholas. And today. I'm not sure who beamed who up. <laughs> Please welcome back to the show. My mother, resident alien expert, cat lady, and all-around kook. Beam me up, mommy. <laughs> beam me up, mommy. <laughs> I like beam that. me up, mommy is very funny and will be taken by the internet and made sexual. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we have a lot of friends that do onesies. That's true. That's Although that true. has some weird implications to put on a kid, I guess. Now you're overthinking it. I am overthinking it. This is... I think it would be cute. It would be cute, because you're not overthinking it. Yeah. That's how that works. Everything's better if you don't overthink it. Yeah. Right? That's why all these shit bags that have YouTube channels that are like, you know, when you think about the logistics of Raiders of the Lost Ark, how does Harrison Ford, you know, stay on the submarine the whole time? And you're just like, dude, it doesn't fuck. It's a movie. You know, it's not a documentary, right? You know, what I want to understand is how, uh, in Stir of Echoes... Shut up, my dude. <laughs> no one hears the, the... Shut up, guy. Who's trying to understand Stir of Echoes? Stir of Echoes rules. There's nothing to understand because nothing is ununderstandable. It's great. It's all right there. Yeah. It's all on the page, so to speak. It's very easy. Yeah, it's all about ghosts and spite. Yeah. Kevin Bacon sweating while yeah. digging a hole in South Philadelphia. It's great. Who doesn't like this movie? <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today, though. No, I already introduced the film. Yes. Close Encounter, 77, Spielbergio. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Um, with our resident alien expert. Yeah, my mom has appeared on one previous episode, episode 16, I think. Contact, which, is, of course, is about, you know, first contact with aliens. And so, you know, we wanted to have my mom back for a while. She's finally back. I asked her what she wanted to do. She said, no. And I was like, well, you know you wanted to do Close Encounters, so let's just do it. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and here we are but i'm happy to report my mom took copious notes it's like a whole little cute little notebook and she's covered like i don't know three pages four pages how many pages six yeah six pages yeah yeah with notes it's great i'm very proud of her from what I'm aware of, not as many are on the movie itself. It's Allison's afraid of losing her job. Well, the movie is... I've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. Hunter saw it frequently as yeah. a child growing up. It's sort of a religion to us. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a word. I tried looking it up so many times. Every time 
throughout the movie where I would like be like, oh, this is maybe how I phrase it so I can Google it and find it. There's a word, I also don't know what language it's in because I don't remember when and where I discovered it, but it means the moment preceding enlightenment or epiphany. Oh, huh. I My gut says it's related to Satori, which is uh, Japanese for... Maybe, no, maybe Satori is the Indian one. They're related. They're they're very closely related okay. in their, I can't in their you know etymology, um, but yeah, I can't. I couldn't. I kept googling it and trying to find it. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, there's there's a word that means like the moment preceding an epiphany or a moment of enlightenment, right? And that's what this entire movie feels like. Yes. Like there's this weird you know, just energy to the entire movie, pretty much from the get-go. I mean, this is the first time I've watched the director's cut in forever. The standard edition uh, starts a little differently and has a, a few, you know, scenes are a little shorter, that kind of thing, and there's a few things that are cut out. Um, so that's the one I'm more in, innately familiar with, but this one, still, it still has that feeling throughout the whole thing. It's just paced a little differently. Yeah, he plays it, Spielberg, you know, at this time i mean not that he's a bad director now or anything but he was young and dangerous like really that's not you know like Mm -hmm. so he was willing to take more chances that's why you know spielberg is almost at least half responsible for the pg-13 rating because he wasn't afraid to make movies that were ostensibly for kids or appealed to children that were also kind of upsetting like, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is famously one of two things that came out around the same time that codified the need for a PG-13. Mm-hmm. Because before it was PG, which is like, oh, yeah, you might want to maybe not show your kid this. Like, oh, Bambi, Bambi's mother gets shot. It's a little sad. Maybe you don't want to take all the kids to this. Whereas you can take them to Fantasia. That's fine. You know, like, whatever. Those, mm-hmm. The years are completely terrible. Apologies, listeners. It's raining pretty hard. So if you hear that, I don't know, you got to deal with it. I, I can't be, control the weather. One day. It should <laughs> pass quickly. Yeah. It's been cloud bursting all day. Uh, but, so. Maybe they know we're talking about the aliens. Yeah, That's they're great. coming. They're like, we want to be on the podcast. I we are the wait. only people that listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> and we think you are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> They've come light years to razz us. <laughs> mm. Or to teach you. I'd be fine. Yeah, like, this is how to <laughs> properly introduce a show. First of all, what are you drinking? Why is there ice in it? <laughs> it's going to go clinky, clink, clink, and everyone will hate it. Okay. That wasn't my intention. I don't care. No, no one cares. We've done it before, and we'll do it again. Is that why you were asking about ice cubes? Well, no. I was, oh, it, it, I was like, he was afraid he was going to break the, his face. Let me pull. No, no. Let me pull back the curtain for a second. Allison made these smoothies uh, with watermelon and stuff in them in the blender, and they're very foamy. So I went to take a sip, and something bumped up against my lip, and I was like, "Oh, is this melon or ice?" And because if I yeah, if it was melon and I went to bite it, that's fine because it's melon. But if it's ice, I might break a tooth. Maybe it's Correct. the Jaws cocktail. Oh, maybe it's the Lake Placid. You can't tell it's lurking beneath the surface. Sure, that's fine. You think there's a tiny alligator in here? I mean, I could get tiny alligators and put them in the drinks. Well, if I could get back them on the to internet. the movie, Not... they were afraid. Oh well, that's the thing. When Spielberg he... is a nerd, so Spielberg grew up being obsessed with UFOs, yeah, and things. So like this, 
Steven Spielberg, I don't know if you guys are aware of a little film called E.T. Oh, you know what? Let me get back to this. I was talking about PG-13. PG-13 is uh, directly responsible. um, The films that are directly responsible for PG-13 are Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom, because of the heart-pulling-out scene. Kalima. Kalima, right? Mm -hmm. That's very, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it can be a lot. Oh, yeah. It's shocking even, like, to adults. The monkey brain and all that Yeah, eating the monkey brains. There's a lot in there where you're like, ooh, this is... But it's, you know, it's all part of that, like, and I understand this is problematic now or whatever, but it's all that, like, exotic, you know, and shocking to, like, us Westerners, like, other cultures. It's culture shock. That's what they, you know. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. um, And then, like, the heart pulling out, like, you know, it's magic evil, and, like, that's cool. And, uh, you know, things should be scary. Things that are supposed to be scary should actually be scary. Um, They shouldn't just be surprising, which modern audiences confuse surprise with scare. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like... This, you know, this thing is full of magical evil and this guy could pull my heart out and my chest will just open up and allow him to grab my flaming heart. Like, you know, so that's upsetting. And then Gremlins was the other one. Yeah. Those are the two that are, like, upsetting, but ostensibly for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they were I like... I forgot how intense Gremlins, Gremlins is was. Great. Oh, yeah, we watched yeah. it again What's, a few years back. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, so Spielberg originally wanted to make E.T., as I'm getting looping back to E.T., as a, a basically a horror movie that was that it was called Dark Skies at the time. There's a whole bunch. I mean, it's like you could I could do a whole you know thing on the how that ended up not happening and why and why he changed his tack and everything. And but we're like, not doing ET. No, and it has to do a lot with like th- there's conspiracy theories about like how much you know he was allowed to see behind the curtain kind of of military um, you know the military structure as far as like dealing with extraterrestrials or the, the prospect of extraterrestrials and <laughs> whether or not he would be quote unquote allowed to present um, aliens as a negative, as a threat, whether that was a thing that the government would allow him to put forth, mm-hmm. whether that would incite panic. fear and yeah. panic. Right. Um, so anyway, but that's E.T. This is... Well, that's where I was going to go with my thought. Um, Spielberg was, um... Oh, A man. Stop, stop, stop. This was good. And no one understands him but his woman? No, so... Oh, wait, that's Shaft. I always got them confused. No, I'll just... No, 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 what? The, the access, government access that he had or his interactions with the government? Well, well, they don't know who all his contacts were. This is mm-hmm. what, you know, because they said what they know about recoveries of uh, crash sites and, and the bodies that actually were found. Well, none of that's in this. No, but, uh, well, the aliens at the end. There, there were several different body types found over the years. Well, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but and they wanted to know how he was so close. Yes, he he was very he, accurate. He, he he was very accurate, and they want they n- they'd never been able to figure out someone worked yes. with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's been pretty tight lipped about yeah. how, because like how he got his information. Yeah, he will say like and has said on record that like. Everything in this, you know, movie, like, details and things all come from, like, witness testimonials, things he researched, dug up, right. interviews and news footage and whatever and whatever. And um, he also, again, he was young and dangerous. Like, he mm-hmm. famously got his first directing gigs 
by just sneaking on to the MGM or whatever lot and just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like finding an empty office and being like, that's my office. And like taking meetings and shit, finding people wandering around and like, oh, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a job? Yeah, come take a me-. And like just kind of like bullshitted his way until everybody's like, well, this kid's got chutzpah. Yeah. Let's actually let him direct like some TV. Um, and he had directed shorts, like I said. He, uh, his family owned a, you know, Super 8 camera or whatever. And so he shot things mm-hmm. in his backyard and with, you know, people and around and all that. And he'd gone to film school and all this. So he had all this experience, but he wasn't, you know, actually working at the studio. And then he was like, yeah, sure I do. And, yeah, he was, you know, he was kind of a, 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 a bad boy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to think of, like, ah, yes, the bad boy, Steven Spielberg. Steven well, snitches well, get what? stitches, Spielberg. Yeah, that's what his knuckle tattoos said. Like, it's just so funny because he's, you know, he's a respected elder statesman of Hollywood now. He's, mm-hmm. you know. He sure is. Yeah, and, like, and rightfully so, not, you know. But, yeah. like, he did all this research, and uh, people allege that, like, he dug around because it was like a film and television studio. So he dug around in the archives to find like shelved, like parts of interviews from news segments with people who had seen, mm-hmm. you know, reported seeing things. Like he looked up, like, oh, there are alien or supernatural phenomena adjacent, like reports on these dates on the news shows. So then he went to the archives and found all the edited B B footage that they didn't, you know, air. They cut out. Mm-hmm. To get like further details and you know all that kind of thing. Well, maybe even leads. Yes, for yeah. who to talk to. Well, what came out in some of the research that I had done was that uh, Spielberg was so respected in his movie making, like the government could not get over the fact that his making of Jaws just affected people in such a way. They wrote him a 20-page letter asking him not to release Close Encounters. Yeah. Because they they didn't want people to be believe. Panic in the streets. And, and like, panic, They yeah. were expecting, uh-huh. like, listomania. Uh-huh. Like, where it was just like, we don't know what this will do to people. Right. And and so they, they, is, they didn't know where his knowledge and yeah. information came from. And, and everything was so like what they knew that it, it, it made them a feared. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It really did. Yeah, because, like, no one had ever bothered to try to, you know, make a movie like this before, so... Yeah, so getting back to... Oh, but yeah, that's kind of what happened with E.T. was allegedly... You know, he had this originally had written Dark Skies, this much scarier alien thing. Yeah, I want thing. to look for that. You can find it. I might have a copy of it. I used to oh, print out, like, uh, the, the lost, like, scripts and things for, for stuff. But um, I'll have to look around and see if I have a copy. But it's, I mean, beat for beat, similar to E.T. It just, you know, it, it ends up getting... It's it's darker? E, yeah, E.T. is an antagonist. I mean, it's not E.T. It's a much scarier kind of thing. There, There's even sketches for, like, what the aliens would have looked like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're scary. It's, you know, designed to be a horror film. Yeah. A thriller, maybe, at least. But... Um, and allegedly the government were like, hey, so, can you, you know, not? yeah, they were like, not even just like, can you not, but just like, hey, like we've, you know, we've talked to you in depth. We've given you privileged knowledge about like ETs and, you know, can you not make like a thing that's going to make the populace entirely afraid of, you know, aliens? Cause like we might have to, I mean, this is all theory and speculation and, and lunatic tinfoil hat stuff, but mm-hmm. the idea that. 
hey, we might have to go public with, you know, having some sort of working relationship with them in the future. Can you not make them, you know, terrifying so that everybody, there's panic in the streets if we ever have to be like, hey, so we've been working with, you know, aliens from space. That's how we got Velcro. That's not how we got Velcro. That's what Men in Black said. And that's a perfect film. That is a perfect film. That is a very good one, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is all hearsay and speculation and all that sort of stuff and whatever. Now, what is not hearsay is that Steven Spielberg has a, had a, had a has daddy issues. Um, his parents divorced when he was pretty young. And apparently, the full story is that his mother was having an affair with like a family friend. And his dad found out about it and was like, well, we're getting a divorce. And then he left because he was like, you know, kids should be with their mother. So he played the bad guy, kind of, and was just like, I'm just going to leave. And he let, you know, he, you know, he let himself take the blame oh. for, for the relationship falling apart and everything. And so Spielberg and his, you know, I, guess, I think he has siblings, I don't remember, but yeah, they grew up so. like hating their father because they thought he just sort of like bailed on the family until like, honestly, not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, he reconnected with his, like, birth father and found out, like, the whole story and everything. And But in a lot of, you know, Spielberg films, there's a lot of, like, daddy issues, you know, that he's working through. And, like, this, watching it, knowing that that's, like, a thing that, you know, is a cliche in Spielberg films, but watching this, you're just like, wow, he's really going for it in this. Because, like, as we watch Richard Dreyfus have this, you know, like, breakdown, the family's yeah. falling apart... You get, like, and it's not, like, uh, uh, you know, in the forefront, it's kind of mostly all just happening in the background, little little moments around the fringes of, you know, the main plot. But, like, you have these two brothers who are similar in age, and the one is slamming doors and screaming and throwing shit in the house, and the other one is just, like, standing there in the doorway, like, silently crying. And then, like, when he's having his, like, oh, I, I'm going to build the giant, like, giant model of the mountain and he's gathering all his supplies and stealing the neighbors like chicken wire fence and stealing bricks from the construction thing and whatever Mm -hmm. um the you know angrier of the two you know brothers is standing like way far in the background not doing anything and the other brother's like well i'll help you carry bricks dad yeah you know it's these two different approaches to you know this family falling apart well i didn't think that the boy was so angry i thought he was at that time he was way across the street there because he was afraid he was scared maybe i mean that's kind of i mean that's but that's more of a child psychology like that's how kids react to fear is with anger you know like Mm. kids throw tantrums that kind of stuff yeah i was like i you know i've watched this a bunch but not i don't think i've seen it in i don't know 10 ish years Mm -hmm. something so Watching it, knowing that sort of stuff, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like he really put a lot into this of that. You, like that stood out to you, yeah. Because like a lot of Spielberg and Spielberg productions have like, and it was also of the era, like Kids from a Broken Home with the Goonies. Like mm-hmm. you know, all, half those kids are from you know like divorced parents. You know, their parents are split or whatever. It's yeah. just it's a product of the eighties. You know, that was a, that was a thing. So it just you know you're like, oh, it's just a thing that you know pops up from time to time, but. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, he's really putting, like, a lot of dramatic weight into this, uh, in this. Because, yeah, that, like, I don't know, I think, like, again, having not watched it in a long time, I think I always thought his, like, you know, uh, uh, Dreyfus's, like, freak out 
you know, scene, like him in the shower, just being like, I don't know what's going on. Was I always read it as like kind of funny. Like, because he's doing it in almost a comedy way, you know, like Terry Gar is, you know, and like, I, I don't know, I just never picked up on this. She's straight up being like, you're ruining this, you know, you're ruining our family and going in and slamming the bathroom door. But he's like crawling across the bed, like in kind of a goofy way. And it's Richard Dreyfus, And he has this like kind of goofy energy all the time, especially at this era. Like Mr. Holland's opus is not exactly hilarious, but like he's, you know, he's somebody who's funny. Yeah. You know, in things. Um, and he's got this, yeah, he's got this sort of, like, manic, comedic thing to him. And I think, like, yeah, most of the most of my, like, viewings of this, I was like, oh, this is just, like, a funny, <laughs> funny scene. And now I'm like, oh, no, it's actually, like, very sad and, and you know, emotional. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it last night for the first time in a very long time. And uh, it's funny because the family unit a lot of things came out to me yeah. that i hadn't really thought about too heavily in the past sure yeah i noticed yeah i mean spielberg makes the, his family very chaotic like, oh yeah i mean every scene with them is like a cacophony of like the tv is on it's very loud everybody's kind of talking over each other the kids and are there's like always arguing. one kid banging that or... one kid <laughs> in the first scene is just like dismantling that doll oh. by smashing it on the oh, yeah. on the crib thing and i was just like Oh boy. Yeah, and Terry Gar's like, don't put your model train shit on my d breakfast table. You can get tetanus from this. It's just like, it's chaos. But yeah. that's a scene that's played for comedy. Like, right. The one thing that's weird about this, watching, watching it now for me, is I, I don't think I ever read Richard Dreyfus as, like, the, the common man. Like, he's supposed to be, like, average Joe, you know, he works for, what, an electrical company, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, electric repair. And, like, I don't know, Richard Dreyfus just always seems smart. He seems, like, really, you know, really intelligent, really educated, like, you know, like in Jaws, he's, Jaws, he's, yeah, a, he's a specialist, right. and, like, mm -hmm. you know, he just seems like somebody who, so when he's, like, when he does the line about, like, yeah, you know, the, the lights, uh, you know, the Alaskan lights, the Aurora Borbaris, or whatever, like, whatever he calls it that's wrong, I'm like, oh... He would definitely know what that is. Like, it just, it feels weird that he's supposed to be like, yeah, like an average Joe guy from, you know, uh, 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 Indiana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not that Indianans are dumb or the average Joe is dumb, but that's how it's played in this is like, oh, he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know Aurora Borealis. He calls it like Aurora Borbaris or whatever. He's from Muncie. Muncie. Said. Yeah. Muncie, Indiana. But yeah, I just, I, he doesn't read like, you know, yeah, com common guy, like, if this movie were made now, I hate to do that, but like if this movie were made now, it would be Chris Pratt. Because he reads as like, oh, this is an average guy. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, it could be a guy who works at your local garage, or he could, you know, he could be a school teacher. Like, he, you know, he could fit mm -hmm. in. Whereas, like, I don't know, something about Dreyfus that just seems like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He seems like a smarty pants. I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we should do the the, qui the yeah. quick plot walkthrough, which is like this is a film about aliens uh, and the fact that we have been being visited by aliens for you know hundreds, thousands, if not longer. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the film, the timeline of the film, we're just oh, talking well. about the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least decades. This film came out in the seventies, and um, things are brought up from as far back as the like forties. But there's the implication uh, that it's... actually the code oh. epoxy was lost in 1925. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're talking like yeah, shortly but... after the turn of the century. Yeah. 
But I mean, the implication uh, at the end with all the people getting off is you see like a variety of different like styles of dress mm -hmm. and everything. So the implication is, uh, you know, going yeah. on for even longer. Um, but what I was going to say is that there is there are aliens in medieval paintings well that's not in the film not, that, that's we can get yeah. to that okay. when we get to that okay. but we're not we're, i'm talking about the plot of the film film okay so we have been it's not like oh this is the first visitation of aliens to earth i'm trying to establish in case somebody has not seen close uh, encounters yeah. do they even touch on that in the movie well again well, the fact go, that go. the fact that the the ships and the planes oh, and shit are yeah. from decades ago proves that like this isn't the first time Some aliens, aliens have, have been got you yeah. um that's what I'm saying. So, uh, we've been being visited for a number of years, mm -hmm. and but now uh, it's it's it seems to be like increasing, or this is you know like sort of mass visitation where it's happening in a couple different locations, and various people are you know some some people are being abducted, and others are just having an experience where they see a you know close encounter, which is this is the close encounters scale scale yeah. Um, which is close encounter of the first kind is uh, shit. I used to know this like off the top of my head. Let's see, off, uh, hang on, I'm no, uh, no. I think f close encounter of the first kind is seeing a craft. Right. Second kind is is proof of some kind, like a crop circle or crash debris or whatever. And a third kind is interaction with a living creature. I think is the mm -hmm. the way it goes. Yeah. High next scale is. Heineck? Heineck. Okay. Um, and it's a six-fold classification. There's yeah, yeah. nocturnal lights, which is lights in the sky, daylight discs, which are UFOs seen in the daytime, generally having uh, discoidal or oval shapes, radar visual, which is UFO reports that have radar confirmation. Um, close encounters of the first kind is visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away that show an appropriate angular extension and considerable detail. So, first kind, visual encounters less than 500 feet. Right, something Second, that's close enough where you're like, oh, it's not a weather balloon, it's yeah. not... Yeah. Second kind is a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged. This can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle electronic device, animals reacting, a psychological effect such as paralysis or heat and discomfort in the witness, okay. or some physical trace like impressions on the ground, scorched or otherwise affected vegetation, or chemical trace. So crop circles, um, right. or any other kind of ill effects, or, you know seeing animals you know yeah. that would be second kind third kind is ufo encounters in which an animated entity is present these include humanoids robots and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a ufo and they have all kinds of subtypes um yeah. with that reptilians vulcans um, alf and then there's extensions of hynix scale that include uh fourth and fifth kind um fourth kind being uh an abduction Yes, and fifth kind and, is communication directly with. Yes, between aliens and humans. Yeah. Yep. So that is the scale. You know, in so real... I did remember the first three correctly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, yes, yeah, so this is like a mass encounter sort of thing with people either being abducted, um, like uh, Barry, who's a little boy in this, or people seeing ships, seeing lights, you know, experiencing something, and you know, a lot of these people are then drawn to what turns out to be Devil's Tower in Wyoming, mm -hmm. simultaneous to the everyday, you know, occurrences in this. The government is also hot on the case, kind of, because things are showing up that uh, have been missing for, yeah, decades, 
as we sort of alluded to, uh, the squadron of fighter planes from the 40s and a... Shows up in uh, South American desert, I yes. guess. Yes, uh, it is in Mexico. Okay. The Sonora Desert in Mexico. Sure. And, uh, and the... Uh, Cotopaxi. Cotopaxi, which is a battleship um, that shows up in the Gobi Desert. Yep. Which, if you guys aren't familiar, not a lot of battleships in the Gobi Desert. <laughs> I've never been, but, you know, I watch a lot of uh, Planet Earth. They've never mentioned it. So the government is trying um, to piece together why these things are showing up. And they also seem to be like, it's not like, oh, somehow a, a hurricane deposited it here. It seems to be in pretty good working order despite having vanished in the 20s. Yeah, the fire planes especially are shown to be like extremely intact and yes, looking fresh. You know, they still run. Yeah, yeah they still yeah. run. The one guy says this one has like three quarters of a tank of gas. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, so they're, you know, piecing this together, uh, which the the government guys is a couple, but the two that are, I would argue, most important um, are played by Francois Truffaut, who's a filmmaker of some renown. And I mean, I guess like I had to have been an idol of uh, Spielberg. He must just have been a fan um, and then he, he actually plays somebody that has participated in government programs and discoveries and stuff. Yeah, what's his character's name? Uh, I mean, I can look it up. I thought you'd written it down. Lacombe. Yeah, uh-huh. Lacombe. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, and uh, the other guy is uh, an interpreter who used to be a cartographer. Uh, played by Bob Balaban, which surprised the shit out of me because, uh, I don't know, I never realized it was Bob Balaban before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, you know, Bob Balaban's a recognizable guy, character actor, he's in a lot of stuff. And, I don't know, he's in the beginning of this movie, he's in a couple of scenes, and it's not until about a third of the way or halfway through the movie when I'm like, that voice is really familiar. You know, when it's not outside with, like, wind blowing and a sandstorm or whatever, and I'm like, kind of looks like... Bob Balaban? And he's, you know, but he's, you know, younger. It's the 70s, and he's got a big old beard, and I was like, I don't know. And then, yeah, it was him. Where would people know Bob Balaban? Character actor Bob Balaban. He was in Gosford Park. A Mighty Wind, Capote's on Space Force. I mean, everyone in the fucking world's been on The Simpsons. That doesn't really count. I was on The Simpsons twice. Um, <laughs> you probably know him. You might not know what you know him from. Yeah, Altered States. Uh, oh, Seinfeld. He's Russell Dalrymple. He's uh, Get a Good Look, Costanza. He's that guy. The guy with oh, the okay. very busty daughter that Costanza looks at her cleavage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the office. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. business guy. Okay. Get a Good Look, Costanza. That's him. Yeah, and he's uh, a regular... In um, all the Christopher Guest movies, Waiting for Guffman and uh, mm-hmm. Best in Show, Mighty Wind, that kind of stuff. He's in all those. All right. And, um, yeah, everything culminates with a lot of people, you know, traveling many miles to Devil's Peak? Devil's, Devil's Tower. Tower. Devil's Tower. Uh, and, you know, being stopped by the government who have set up a blockade and a cover story about a chemical spill. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know... So they're they turning just... everybody away because they don't want any witnesses to, like, I don't know how, what's going to happen or how it's going to go or whatever. And they have prepared a uh, team of guys dressed like Devo <laughs> uh, to go into space, uh, you know. Yeah. And um, To whip it good, intergalactically. Yeah, intergalactically, planetary. Yeah. Yeah. 
Callback. Um, what a weird crossover. Very, they'd be good. They would have been great together. Devo and the Beastie Boys would have yeah. made a great album together. Yeah, the Beastie-Vo. Beastie-Vo. But, uh, yeah, and then Richard Dreyfus and also Melinda Dillon, who we mentioned, Barry, the little boy, plays uh, Jillian, Barry's mother. Um, they, you know, meet, travel cross-country. They, obviously, they've both shared an experience, kind of like, you know, similar experience, and they both are drawn to Devil's Tower and... They, along with 10 or 12 other people, get, uh, you know, stopped by the government and questioned, and then they're going to be, like, returned to civilization, and Richard Dreyfus, you know, is like, fuck it, I'm just, I came all this way, you know, my family's, uh, you know, hates me, you know, like, I blew up my life, I didn't go to work, you know, like, I came all this way, I'm not just going to go home, and he, so he bolts out of the chopper, and they make their way up the Devil's Tower, the top, and then they see... The Close Encounter of the Third Kind, where these ships all, you know, come in, and there's communication directly with the uh, with the mothership using the tonal language, and then um, all these people who have been abducted over the years, centuries, or whatever, are all returned, and we see a bunch of aliens, and some of them are real creepy, like real creepy, and then you don't like the spider one. I don't like that one. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it's uh, and like Spielberg knows it, and and John Williams knows it because when it gets to that point, there they play that thing. I forget. There's an instrument. It's this very specific instrument that's like a big stupid like drum uh-huh. uh, that you can get a lot of like weird sounds out of, and it's in all these horror movies. It's that like it kind of sounds like I used to think it was people like doing some kind of like like stroking a violin string like that like kind of plinky plunky kind of like unsettling noise um but it turns out it's this one weird instrument is it a water phone water phone is that what it's called that might be it yes yeah and it's got this like kind of conical not conical what's the convex like drum type shape it's got a thing in the center it's got these tines along the sides so you can get all these different sort of vibrational, weird thing sounds out of it. And yeah, it's used in a lot of horror things because it's unsettling sounding. Because yeah. there's like a biological sound to it because it sounds watery and therefore liquid and living, you know. And mm-hmm. So it's very unsettling and that is played in this, you know, part. Like, <laughs> he knows it's creepy. Uh-huh. It's also known as an ocean harp or aquasonic waterphone. And the instrument was invented, developed, and manufactured by American Richard Waters, which is a fun... Really? Uh, it's like the thing that, uh, you know, the the toilet was invented by, like, John Crapper. Yeah. I mean, not officially, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he knows that's creepy. He knows that big spidery one is creepy. Yeah. He also actually plays it when the little ones come out. But oh, yeah. the whole thing is, it's designed to be unsettling. It's supposed to be uncanny and, you know... Um, there's a lot of the thing that, you know, is in this that I really like is the high strangeness of it. High strangeness is like, um, it's a a phenomenon mostly around alien or other supernatural things where it's things that just don't make sense that aren't explained by like, oh, not how did they do that, but what did they do? Like, what was that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, oh... The, the the car all the all the electricity in the car shut off like how'd they do that but you can describe the effect high strangeness is like 
you know, I don't know, I walked outside and all the trees seemed 20 feet taller. And you're just like, I don't know what that was. And so, uh, you know, there's, again, a lot of conspiracy things about, like, is high strangeness not real, but is it um, accidental or is it intentional? You know, is it like a byproduct of some kind of reality warping or, you know, the concept that uh, sufficiently advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic? So, like, maybe they're doing stuff, they're flying, but they're not using propulsion or magnets or jet engines or anything they're using like spatial warping and that's affecting things you know in the tangible world like maybe spatial warping affects the way electricity you know works or who knows like that's the thing we're not really sure or are they doing a thing intentionally because if you try to describe it you sound fucking crazy which is that's where the it's the this is where it becomes close to wrestling where it's like how much of this is a shoot and how much is a work but that's a, a, a real theory because people describe things mm-hmm. that are like, listen, aliens came. They, you know, they did this. I have marks. So like, I, I got proof. But also, the weirdest fucking thing ever also happened at the same time. And it wasn't the aliens. It was like, Elvis was in my living room. Yeah. And like, I don't know how to rectify these two things. Because that one sounds really crazy. And somehow the alien sounds less crazy by comparison. But they both <laughs> happened at the same time. So the, the you know, they don't know if... There's there's theories that um, aliens the way the way they interact with our universe is psychedelic and affects our brains or that as a byproduct of their existing in our space the same way like we breathe out CO two and plants breathe it in and they you know breathe out oxygen mm-hmm. essentially like that's what plants do um, you know they convert carbon dioxide into oxygen breathable oxygen mm-hmm. um, so there's a theory that like aliens something about them converts something in our space That's to something psychedelic yeah. so you are like oh I read a lot of weekly world news and, and you know they're always talking about Elvis and UFOs and I think this is a UFO and then you're subconsciously also thinking about Elvis so then you see Elvis was Elvis there probably not were you mistaking uh, an alien for Elvis maybe not but I wonder if it has something to do with reading minds and yeah, and using that material that's in your head. The yeah. contact you know? theory. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to elaborate? Yeah. Well, we did contact, but yeah, in, in contact famously, uh, an alien being takes uh, the form of uh, Jodie Foster's father. To Please, be... sir, can I have some David Morse? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know in in a, in a way to be more like uh, easy for her to conceive of, I guess was yeah. like more or less the reason given. They didn't yeah, want to scare a, her. I've taken a yeah. form that you'll find comforting. Yeah. Is there, yeah. yeah. Um, also, when you were talking about you know it just being weird to make uh, uh, um, you know somebody's um, account less credible, right. uh, thing that came to mind to me was um, in the Community when they abduct. Um, when the the uh, air conditioning repair school abducts all the trainees, including Troy, and they have an astronaut making paninis in the corner. <laughs> oh right, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's yeah. the kind of thing that's like, it's high strangeness, and like you'll find it in other, but it does happen a lot with alien and uh, potential interdimensional things. Skinwalkers have a lot of high strangeness around them. Like it's not just like mm-hmm. oh I saw a weird monster, but. Also, nine other weird things happened that if I really, if I have to tell you everything, sounds really crazy. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. Yeah. And like, we don't know why. And again, the idea is that potentially, yeah, interdimensional 
warping or traveling or something yeah. has some sort of warping or psychedelic effect on humans. I mean, it could even be as simple as you're trying to make sense of, of something that doesn't something. make sense. Yes. Right. So like, um, you know, like, I mean, this is like a real inside baseball thing, but like, uh, we were watching, um, one of the outside extra videos and, uh, one of the girls was talking about, uh, for the first time playing one of the Resident Evil games and in her memory, it was a crocodile was a monster that scared her, but it's actually the split head, whatever. Yes. Um, they have a specific name for it because it's a Resident Evil monster. It's not actually really looking like anything in particular. Right. But to her at like seven or whatever age she was, that was a crocodile. And then that's when she the replayed closest it, thing. Right. That it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you replay it, you're like, oh, it's not, not really that much like a crocodile at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... It could, yeah, also be that, like, things that are sufficiently just, like, so out of touch, your mind is trying to make some sort of logical sense to it or compare it to things that you've encountered before. Right. And, I mean, that's a thing that shows up in a lot of, like, UFO fiction um, is, like, that somebody lacks the, you know, you'll see it a lot of movies and it's usually played for, like, not laughs necessarily, but, like, oh, that's cute. But you'll, it's all, almost always kids, but it'll be, like, you know, they'll just be like, oh, the tall man or whatever, you know, like they'll just be like, oh, something kind of generic. Even or, in this film, was it Barry? Barry, um, yeah. some Or somebody looks out the window and goes, toys. Yes, yeah, because it, right, exactly. It's the idea that like, oh, kids don't have the language to really describe what they're seeing, so they put it in a relatable thing where they're like, mm -hmm. it's Christmas, but they look outside and it's all these alien lights or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But High Strangest is kind of, yeah, maybe it's the, like, yeah, the propensity for an adult to also not be able to describe it even though we have a lot more words and concepts mm -hmm. uh high strangers is great really fascinating and my favorite part of the original halloween film because michael myers does some real high strangeness shit in it and i think that's really interesting because hmm. like he's a he's a murderer who's only there to murder he's not there to have a good time and yet that couple that has sex uh brad i think is the name of the guy he goes to get a drink michael myers kills him in the kitchen and then he puts a sheet over himself like a spooky ghost, and he puts Brad's glasses on over top, and he just stands in the doorway being weird. And the girl's like, Brad, you're creeping me out. <laughs> and I'm just like, why would you do this? <laughs> like, he's not a lunatic. He's got an agenda. You know, like, right, right. he's not like like a, a you know, unhit, like the Joker. Ooh, the Joker is so chaotic. Like, it's Michael Myers. He has, he's got a checklist. Like, he's going to kill certain people for certain reasons, you know, in a row. And um, it's so weird that he stops to be silly for five minutes, and that's really unsettling. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. High strangers. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, I'm done talking now. I've talked for far too long. Somebody else talk. I don't know. Where do we go? Well, what do you want to talk about? Because that's that's the plot. We follow mostly, yeah. um, mostly Richard Dreyfuss, who plays yeah. Roy. Roy Neely. Mm -hmm. um, uh, his just to iron out everything. His wife is Terry Gar, plays Ronnie. And he's got three kids, I believe, two yes. boys and a girl, yeah. And then um, we also have Jillian, who is Barry's mother. mother. Mm -hmm. And Barry, yeah, is very cute. He's like, like this is like the only real thing he's. It's the first thing he's ever done. It's also like the almost almost only thing. Like, I didn't didn't really do much. That, I don't yeah. think, but he's got a great Spielberg face. Spielberg, there's a famous like Spielberg has these. That's probably why he picked him. I think yeah. it's amazing. Like nobody has ever like, and I love um, um, uh, Henry Thomas, right? Mm -hmm. In ET, like he also has that big eyed, like yeah. Spielberg has this thing. They call it the Spielberg shot. Even when other people do it, which is you shoot sort of down. So that the character is looking up in wonder and amazement. Mm -hmm. He does that all the time. 
because it puts the audience in that character's like mindset because you can't see what they're looking at. You just see their reaction. And even if they're like adults or whatever, the, the shooting down makes, makes them visually diminutive. Right. And it makes yeah. you think about being a kid yep. and childlike wonder. Right. And that's Spielberg's thing. Like childlike wonder is like Spielberg's oh, yeah. big yeah. deal. And he also likes to put, if you ever watch a Spielberg movie, there will be smoke. Yeah. He likes to have likes light, mist and, light beams yeah. coming through smoke of any kind. <laughs> really makes his nipples hard. He's just yep. like, hey, can we put more smoke in here, guys? <laughs> it's like, it's really, I'm like, it always looks great. It's never bad. I'm never like, boy, this shot sucks. It's always amazing. <laughs> but it's just like, you just, you can set your watch by it. If you're watching a Spielberg movie, there will be smoke, like light coming through smoke. Um, but he actually uses that in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, not just like, oh, it's there, but like, he uses it for that bit with, um... In the house, like, uh, where it's like... No, no, that too, yeah, but, uh, that's very effective, yeah. But no, I'm, um, Roy in his, uh, in his truck, trying to drive to the call, he got a call about, like, the the power's going out because UFOs are around, but he doesn't know that yet. And so he's sitting there and he's, like, all fucking lost and can't fit, he's got, like, nine maps out and he's got his flashlight, he's trying to read them, he's parked in the middle of the road, and a car pulls up behind him, so... This is the Spiel- first time it happened. Well, Spielberg's a fucking genius. Like, yeah. d- sincerely. Like, yeah. I know it's cliche to talk about how good he is at making movies, but, like, he's beyond really good at it. He's, like, genius level, like... Visual storytelling. Right. He's <laughs> he's just... And it's just he has an amazing sense of humor. Yes. That, like, nobody has now. People don't right. make movies like this anymore. Even he doesn't, because he's older, his concerns have changed, and that's a shame. But, like, so the first thing we get is, like, it's it's all dark, and we just see these, like, lights... And we know this is a movie about aliens. We haven't seen aliens yet. And they've been talking kind of around aliens for like 20 minutes. We see these lights. And they come towards the camera. And then you realize it's Roy's truck. And you're like, ah, oh, you got me, motherfucker. Good mm-hmm. job, Steve. <laughs> and so then he's sitting there and he's like, how do I get to, you know, whatever the fuck road? Where, where is that? Tobacco road? Where is that? And he's like looking around. Yeah, he's shining his flashlight. Cornbread road. Cornbread, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it is cornbread. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, cornbread? I just picked Tobacco Road. It's that fucking yeah, yeah. garage song or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. But anyway, so he's like, hi. And then we see these lights pull up behind him. And we're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit, now oh, shit. it's aliens. Yeah, we're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And he's waving like, go around. I'm looking at my maps out. And then this car pulls around. And the guy's like, you parked in the middle of the road, jackass. And he's like, hey, you know how to get the... <laughs> to cornbread, you turkey! <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm, Dreyfus, man, is like top of his game. In the, yeah. you know, here in Jaws, like he's just incredible. And so then he drives a little bit. He's like, all right, I think it's up here. And he drives and then he gets to another uh, intersection. intersection and, the, and he's just like, now what the fuck? You know, like, where do I go now? Train tracks. That's what it is. He's like, train tracks. There's no train tracks on the. You know, he's like looking. He's got another map out, whatever. And we see the lights pull up behind him in another car and he waves it and this time the fucking car hovers up off the ground because it's an actually an alien ship and it goes above him and then it shines the big old like search beam down on his car and all the electricity goes off and they do a thing they do the camera is mounted in the car and then they rotate the car so everything in the glove box and all the little pens and maps and shit that he's got shoved around all come floating up as though gravity is disrupted and you know it's a trick shot it's like the hallway in Inception. They mounted the camera and they rotated this big hallway set and it looks like they're floating, you know, kind of. Mm. So it's that. It's an old old 
you know, perspective trick. Um, it's great. It's that thing nobody does anymore where you actually use practical effects. Right, right, right. You actually, like, build a thing and make stuff, and it looks like stuff, and it's amazing, and <laughs> it's real, and you can always tell, always tell. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, and then it holds up real good, even if computers get better. Yeah. I mean, this movie came out in 1977, and, like, I understand Spielberg had, like, more money than some people do, you know, to make mm-hmm. a movie and to devote to his you know, special effects and everything, but it still looks fucking great. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. fucking great. Like, beautiful. And, you know, it's, and we I just watched Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and in five years, that's going to look like dog shit. I'm not saying that because it looks bad. It actually looks really good, but just in five years, computer yeah. graphics are going to look so much better that I'm going to look back at this and be like, oh, how quaint. Yeah, Cape is mm. my favorite character now, but I'm not sure that's going to hold out in another ten years. Yeah, not enough Cape. Yeah. Not enough Cape in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Cape... Cape needs his own show. Yeah. Fuck it. As long as we're scrounging for content and bringing up all these, like, fourth-tier characters, which I love. I'm a big nerd. Mm-hmm. I I was very excited for Moon Knight. Too bad that show wasn't any good. Yeah. But, like, fuck it. Give Cape his own show. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine the people that write these fucking Marvel things? You could team up with Rug from Aladdin. They, they do exist <laughs> in the same universe, yes. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? They own you, both those properties. Yeah. Can you imagine these oh. the writers for these things trying to be like, Hey, how do we tell a story without tons of exposition? Because <laughs> neither Rug nor Cape talk. Like, oh, I know. Cape crashes into a Siri unit. An Alexa. Cape or whichever one they own stock in. Um, Cape crashes into an Alexa. And then Alexa does all the talking throughout the whole show. And that's great. Now we can actually have people dump exposition. Because, like, the audience is never going to be able to follow something if people don't talk. That's me making fun of how they think everybody's dumb. Just to explain the bit. <sighs> So, are you, you're through your... Never, I'm never through. Uh, the lineup, the parents... Yeah, the... Um, I mean, like I, I mentioned, uh, Bob Balaban. Those are your big... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barry is played by Carrie Guffey. But yeah, he has a great Spielberg face, because he does that, like, wide-eyed, wide-eyed wonder. Yeah, like, yeah. slack-jawed, like, ooh. And it's just like, it looks, looks magical. No, how? They, they had um, a guy who took care of him on set dress up in like a gorilla suit and to kind of make him like not scared but kind of like what is this and then he would take the mask off and he'd see and he'd smile oh that's joe who right my handler or whatever you know whatever the title would be yeah and um so then then they actually brought uh toys with him the next time they used him in the gorilla suit and the little boy says oh toys yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um well we just did uh not that long ago an episode on uh, the babadook where uh there's a lot of child acting in that you know and to get um to get this kid to act like you know really upset and like throw it throw a temper tantrum and stuff um (laughs) the director jennifer kent uh she threatened to throw all his legos in the river (laughs) Oh She's gonna throw all your Legos in the river. He's like, no. Which I mean sounds harsh, but like compared to the movie, it's not. It's yeah. fine. Listen, I, I don't know. I, I know. It'd be I harsh if she did it, but she didn't. Right. She was just I don't think it's a controversial it. yeah. opinion that it's okay to lie to children. Literally, everybody does it all the time. Yeah. Most of everything we hand to children is bullshit. Like, part of it is because, like, oh, you don't need to know how horrible the world is, but also some of it is just bullshit because it's easier than your parents explaining it yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> some of it's like, you just gotta eat some fucking vegetables. Right. 
And you said you don't like cauliflower, so now it's ghost broccoli. Right, exactly. You just have to lie to get a kid, you know. Like, right. They're like, I don't like vegetables. I don't know why exactly. I just don't. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, if you don't, the hill witch is going to come. You know, like, <laughs> like you just got to like get a kid that. to eat some broccoli sometimes. It's because the vegetables aren't introduced early enough. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a million Kids reasons. grow up on french fries and chicken tenders or nuggets or They have chicken something. rings now, Mom. Get with oh, the future. please. Oh, yeah. And then when At they're White six Castle. years old, they throw a piece of broccoli in front of them, and the kid gives. I want that salt and that fat and the sugar. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a million reasons. We're not. This is not a societal society's ills podcast because okay. we can talk about why nobody cooks. It's I not know. for it's not for lack of food. Nope. It's because nobody's taught how to cook, and it's not that hard. No, it's not. The other. I say this about everything all the time, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm not that good at anything. You're good at a lot of things. I just practice. The other thing I saw a lot was that kids usually like fresh food a lot, but some people grew up with canned vegetables, yeah. which are not as good. No, and I also no. think a lot of kids not liking vegetables is that they, they're plunked in front of TV and shit where they see movies and shows where kids go, I don't like vegetables. Right. Why do kids say that in movies? It's learned. Because uh-huh. you know the writers are like, I think I didn't like vegetables. I don't know if that's true, but uh, it probably is. Anyway, it's always mm-hmm. in movies. It's just like lazy bullshit that's not real. Well, Hunter loved his vegetables. Yeah. yeah. I could be picky, but there were certain things I really liked. Like, I was crazy about tomatoes, and I liked peas as long as you didn't heat them up. I liked to eat them frozen. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there's nothing yeah, wrong with like that. Yeah, like little pea I used, to, I used to not like cooked spinach because it was mostly bad. No, mm-hmm. you liked... But, I used to Yeah, you're talking it. about when I was a baby. That's and not... And you used to paint your... Entire your face. And, yeah, I get ...table it. with it. And it's such a beautiful color green. Yeah, it's, it's spinach. Fabulous. It, you could almost describe it as spinach green. Uh, I guess, yeah. But yeah, uh, but as like a kid and a young oh, man, yeah. I didn't like cooked spinach. You, you, I liked you raw can't spinach. Have it boiled, like it's well, it's just, fine. It, it is fine, you, but you it's always just, too stringy. I didn't like it. You can it. just wilt it. That's... Well, you have to. The thing is, you gotta chop it up. It's gotta be chopped yeah. up. Oh, okay. Because I hated biting into it, and there's like strings of that, spinach. That's the. It's the, the usually the stem. Yeah. If you chop it up, though. Yeah. No. No it problem. It disappears. Um, I still don't like it, but now mm. I cook my own food, so I always chop up the spinach, and I have Good no problems. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think a lot of my issues with uh, vegetables and stuff were textural, and we just figured out workarounds. Yeah. And that might be the issue for some other kids, is oh, like sure. having... Yeah, like I don't those, like certain textures. Yeah, like, I'm really not a mushy... Te- I, even as an adult, like, I, I still don't like bananas or avocados. Because it's not my texture. But I think that was the issue with the peas, was that they get mushy when you reheat them from frozen. Yeah. Allison, how do you feel about aliens? So, yes, I'm aware that they declassified a bunch of stuff about UFOs. I didn't read any of it. So I don't have an opinion. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, She's well, running like, for office soon, so... No, seriously. I mean, like, it would be me spouting off about stuff that I didn't actually research or look into... You're going to believe the well, government? Well, I, I want to tell you that the... Well, must be nice. Oh the God. documents that were released were yeah. so... What do you call that? When Dense? they're blacked out? Oh, yeah. Oh, redacted. 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 Yeah. That they're, like... Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's very little yeah. material. It's blank of the... Blank. Yeah. On the third to. of blank. Yeah. Um, it, it's... I, I have had no personal experience with aliens. Um, I think that they are maybe more likely than ghosts wrong they're equally as likely in that they are both real okay i have experienced both of them 
I had an uncle, uh, he's passed away, Uncle Irvin, who was, he owned his own business. He was, uh, he was very intelligent. I can tell my mom's <laughs> trying to classify Uncle Irvin as not crazy. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, he, he was the deacon of his church. Yeah. He knew gems and he knew history. I thought you were going to and... name somebody. He knew Jim. <laughs> it's like, who? No. He used to make jewelry. Like Slim he, Jim. Just, he was just an all-around incredible man. Sure. And one time he just kind of told me I had to be somewhere between 10 and 12. And he said, I don't know how it came up. We used to get together on Friday nights, uh, the family, our families, and have coffee and cake. And the kids would all watch horror movies. And uh, it's so good. Yeah, it was Friday night. It was, you know, till one o'clock in the morning or so. And uh, he said, I saw a UFO one time. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, really? What was it like? And he said he was coming home. He lived on Oxmead Road in Burlington County. And he was coming down Deacon Road, which was the farm. They owned all the other land. Okay. He saw a UFO. Yeah. And he was with my aunt, his wife. Oh. And uh, they both saw it. Hmm. So it wasn't like uh, some, you know. Yeah, I have, um, and, uh, I have family upstate Pennsylvania and a lot of them. Have you know told me they've seen a Up bunch state, of stuff? There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot up there. Because, dude, like, yeah, there's less light pollution. Like, yeah, you can actually see more of the sky. Like Philly's not the worst for you know uh, light pollution, but like, right. you know, we're a pretty big city, well, big I, enough where I'll like, yeah, I don't blame uh, UFOs for not coming to you know Philly center Philly. city. Like, there's no parking. Like, <laughs> where are they gonna? That's a good joke. Where are they gonna? <laughs> where are they gonna land? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it has to do with light pollution. I sort of feel like if they want you to know they're there, they will. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. But I mean, and, like, we're more likely to see something if there isn't a whole bunch of light pollution where, you know. Well, see, my head, talking about upstate Pennsylvania, mines and things like that. They're here for the mines? What's in the mines, like uh, materials or, uh, so you're positing that aliens from another dimension or a far-off world are coming here for coal? Not coal. What? Opals? Uh, <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Don't not start. here. No, uh, <laughs> not coal. Um, quartz. And quartz? Quartz and... Um... I, have to, I have to give my boss a retirement watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know gold was always talked about to be something that they used. And the gold here on Earth is supposed to all be from space. Everything's from space. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that's not from space. Right. But, it's all uh, from space. We're from space. The Earth is from space. It's in space right now. I don't it, know if you know. It is. <laughs> He's such a wise guy. I'm just saying, yeah, it's all from yeah. Yes. But, um, um, maybe that would minerals, be, it, it minerals, would be, or really know, though, something like it would be that. super cool if aliens were traveling here just to get all of our gold. <laughs> that would be so fucking good. That's such a like, like shitty pulp serialized comic from like the thirties. Now, how about well, how about do you I think mean, they also... come? Do you think they're coming to look at the uh, the energy sources that we use? They're monitoring us. 
I don't know if I believe that because... Well, I feel like ours are crappy. No, I, I mean like the... Uh, uh, help me out here. The I don't know. What are you, what are you getting? Nuclear bombs. Nuclear bombs. Nuclear bombs. And right, things okay. like that. It seems like all in every country there are sightings over nuclear Nuclear facilities, site. yeah. So, but also, uh, how we're going back to those are very remote and not near cities right. or people. Right. Right. That's true. Right. I mean, but they're also that... a lot over like cornfields and, and, you know, fields and, and, and uh, fields in general and also like livestock. Like, are they coming for our cows? You know, like, mm. hard to say. Um, Do you think that they're. Um... I think they're trying. I, you know, I mean, I always thought maybe they were observing us. I don't know exactly to what end. I maybe could theorize, right. but like, they're trying to observe us without being seen. Obviously, they can tell there's a lot more of us in cities than there are in these remote areas, but they see, like, oh, there's a small town or there's, like, a homestead. I can observe, you know, they don't, maybe they don't know, like, Do you think farm that, people are different than city people or like whatever. they say they've always been passing through. Yeah. And they've been noted in history throughout. Yes. I mean, there are aliens, I mean, yeah, alien I types. My mom is turning into that aliens guy from the oh, fucking I'm meme sorry. like no no yes ancient aliens i mean like if you go the description of angels in the bible being wheels within wheels like doesn't sound like an angel it sounds like a fucking ufo like right and so, and in medieval paintings there are those weird yeah, little things in all the kinds of weird shit that looks straight up yeah there's lights the in the Virgin sky Mary and stuff there's i mean and, yeah yeah we were talking about marvel of... comics derogatorily earlier that was me <laughs> so, but like you know that's a very so common thing in in marvel comics and stuff is the idea that like the egyptian gods and the you know greeks and the greek gods and whatever they're not gods they're just alien civilizations that interacted with us that were they we were all like oh they got to be gods look at all the stuff they can do they can they got well, lasers where, they can fly yeah, that's right. where i i think our right. god comes from right but uh but I think that's the but, popularizing but, of that concept. But, but do you think that they're passing through, seeing how we have changed over the years, has made them come like closer to see like what what the fuck are they doing? Are they going to yeah. blow themselves up? I, I, I don't think they, know that. I think it's a Star Trek. I like to think that it's a Star Trek thing of like they want us to reach a certain level of um, not just technology but enlightenment. Because they want to be like, well, we're not fucking inviting them to the goddamn party if they can't behave themselves. Right. And that's kind of what I, I I like to think. But I also think, you know, I mean, listen, if they're anything at all societally like us, there's probably like some asshole, like, day tripper, you know, alien kids who are like, let's go see if today's the day they blow themselves up. <laughs> And they just yeah. go hang out to be like, maybe today's the day. And they smoke whatever passes for weed on Alpha Centauri or whatever. And they're like, oh. But, like, put the dryer well, sheet over the... You know, it's been... <laughs> if, my dad, if, I, if my dad smells... Man, I came up with a fake drug the other day, and I really wish I'd written it down. It was dumb. It was very dumb. But it would have made me laugh right now, and I can't think of it. <laughs> I'm angry at myself, but put the dryer sheet over well, the thing, or else my dad's going to know that we were smoking weed in here. Aurora Barabras. Aurora Barabras. Well, they say that there are, aren't as many people claiming to be abducted anymore. It has uh, crawled yeah. quite a bit. Mm. And they think that, that they have gone through a, a period of, you know, testing and yeah, monitoring. Yeah, scientific study. And, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and they, they, 
gained all they, you know. That they needed from Yeah, us. yeah, yeah. Like, we're but, still, we as people are still doing experiments on, you know, certain animals we use for certain things. But, like, right. we're no longer, like, uh, uh, like that show The Nick. Like, we're not um, doing, um, what's it called? The, 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 the Dissection or vivisection. Vivisection, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're no longer vivisecting them to be like, how, how big is a horse heart? How do horse work? Like, we have an idea of how horse work, so we don't have to check that anymore. And that's right, maybe, right. yeah. So yeah, they might they yeah. might be finished no, with that. Nobody liked probing. I I also wanted to bring up Richard Dreyfus is like freaking out when he they uh, he the and uh, when they get separated and put in those little trailers to be uh, interrogated. Interrogated, and uh, he says, "Who are you?" And you don't even speak English. And well, yeah, and, because, and, and because he, Truffaut doesn't speak a lot of English, um, right. and he has Bob Balaban translating for him. For and him. so, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, "You know, who are you, people?" And Truffaut says something in French, and Bob Balaban translates, and he's like, uh, "You know, he's the head of the program." He's like, "He's not the head of the program. He's not even American." Right? He's oh, like, "It's it. the U.S. Yes. government." You know, why and would a French guy be in charge of the U.S. government? So, um, what do you want to talk about? You're yes. you're unusually quiet, as yes. though you might be a government plant. We're suspicious. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> uh, the wolf is in the hen house. Boy, the government really sucks at code phrases. I, I couldn't. I didn't have one locked and loaded. God damn it! You gotta. It's you gotta like, think it's like outside the, time, the box. It's like the time. See, that's a good one. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. So it's like the time I used the phrase, which is an actual phrase. You have to make hay while the sun shines. That's an expression. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, mm-hmm. it's whatever. Yeah. But it means like strike while the iron's hot. It's the same phrase. But that's a thing. That's the thing everybody knows. To strike when while con- the iron's hot. When conditions are good to do a thing, that is the time that thing should be done. Right. Seize your moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I use that, and I believe it was Crystal and uh, Nicole, both who uh, both previous guests of the podcast who I used to work with. They both looked at me, and they were, I was like, "You're looking at me weird. Like you don't think that's a phrase?" And they're like, "It's not, right?" And I was like, "It is." And they're like, I don't, I can't tell if you're lying. And I was like, yeah, you can't. <laughs> Which one weren't they sure of? Make hay while the sun shines. shines. Yeah. Oh, Which yeah. surprised me because they both read like a good amount. Nicole is an avid reader. And yeah. Crystal reads a lot of like, especially Stephen King. And he's very folksy. And there's a lot of that, like euphemisms and well, those kinds of expressions. In, in John. Uh... The Baptist? No, no, Christian. no, no. John. Steinbeck. Something of Mice and Men do... Steinbeck? Yeah, okay. something to do with hay oh, yeah, and drying, yeah. you know, the hay. That's Maybe, what I've means. never read Steinbeck. But I was like, oh, they're both, I, I, I'm assuming I picked it up from books, just mm-hmm. like reading casually, mm-hmm. I, or maybe a movie, like, and they both watch a lot of movies, they read a good to, you know, great amount, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised you don't know this. So then the, I spent the rest of the day making up fake uh, <laughs> expressions uh-huh. and mixing in some real ones. And I'd be like, you know, it's like, it's what they say. It's like they say. And I would just like throw a thing out. And the one was, you know, you can take a submarine upstream, but it's not really designed for that. And they were like, that one can't be real. Wait, is it? Like they were, they were so like, they would be looking at each other like, do you know? I don't, what's happening? And the only one I remember is the submarine one because it made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> that was the one where they're like, wait, that can't be real. Wait, is it? Wait. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I don't know because you had asked me if I had heard that, and I had. Yeah, like. Well, yeah. I mean, who remembers where they heard like a folksy expression? That's true. I always like if it's a folksy expression like that. I kind of assume it's Stephen King. Yeah. Because like all his characters are like, for the most part, 
folks. You know, it was just like <laughs> random people, and he likes those kinds of turn turn of phrase. Like, okay. so I just assume it's that. I mean, it could be Dean Koontz. Some of the stuff that I found interesting was the references to the Bermuda Triangle. When was that? Like with the boat and the uh, so the, the planes. The planes mm-hmm. had disappeared in 1945. Right. Um. And I actually didn't write down details about that, but uh, it was a whole squadron that disappeared, they believed, above the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually not even sure if they found the crash site for those. I mean in real life, because yeah. the ship in the Gobi Desert, the Cotopaxi, was wrecked in December of 1925, and it was traveling from Cuba to the United States. And the thing is, they found it in the 80s, but didn't realize that they had found it until oh. 2020. I also noticed in the beginning, after the uh, the pilots came off, there were three or four well, people. Wait, wait, wait. The beginning, we just see the planes. Pilots aren't until the end. I'm sorry. Uh, at the yeah, at the end when okay. when they're coming off, off the, the ship, ship, the mothership, yeah. And uh, there's like four people, and there's no explanation who they are. But they were all in period costume. costume oh, when all the people come off the yeah. plane. Yes. That's, I, I, I alluded to that earlier. Yeah, there's um, like a little girl in like, kind of, she kind of looks like, um, like the sound of music kind of like uh-huh. uh, dress. Or it's like a two, two piece like kind of dress thing. Yeah. And there was uh, like, it looked like, I mean, it's all backlit to, to help hide the, um, you know, appearance of the aliens they wanted to you know mm-hmm. c- carefully control how much you'd be able to see on screen so they're backlit by this blinding white light and so the people coming off also are but it looks like there's like um uh like an you know sort of older man japanese man in like not exactly like a kimono but some kind of like suit but it looked like very like uh, rudimentary so it looked older you know like mm-hmm. and um they, yeah there's a couple of things like that i was trying to to figure why they were well maybe i think it's just to imply that there's even more going on going yeah, yeah different times that we didn't and, cover in the movie right yeah. right because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i thought there a lot happened at the bermuda triangle yeah and so. uh, and also you know i mean like there's all there's ufo sightings all globally all the time you know yeah yeah um so maybe that was That's spielberg true. being yeah. like oh this you know we'll give this girl like a peruvian kind of style dress so we can be like yeah. oh peru you know nazca well, there's a lot well, I mean, down it could there. even be references to other specific things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me with because he this was like a thing, a passion project of his. Yeah. Um, there was a dog that came off the. Is there a dog? I didn't notice a yeah. dog. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So you guys don't want to talk about Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill is a, a famous. I know. Yeah, very famous abduction story. Uh, very credible. Yes. Very credible. And, and they um, stuck to their story their entire lives. Yep. They passed every kind of test they could be given. Yep. And Betty says that they were abducted for, uh, like, scientific reasons. Yeah. The testing and whatnot. But that they uh, were kind to them. Yeah. And they spoke to them. They're always... They always speak to well, that's, that's telepathy. The, yeah, that's the thing. And, is, like, uh, there's so many... Not exactly conflicting, but not, you know, all the stories don't line up. You know, and people, uh, uh, that's the thing people use to discredit UFO stories. It's like, well, the stories don't match. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. But imagine, like, 
you don't know what a human being is. And, uh, you know, some random jag off, like I said, like day tripper kids who borrowed their dad's BMW go and they pick you up. Imagine you're a fucking turtle, a box turtle or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some, some kids who borrow their dad's BMW go and they're out in a field and they're fucking hanging out and they're day drinking and whatever. And they're like, Oh cool. A turtle. They're going to treat you totally differently than like a couple of, you know, like nature lovers who are out for a walk and, and encounter a box turtle. Oh, look a turtle. It's a different, I'm going to treat it differently. Who are also going to treat you entirely differently than like if scientists are like, boy, I really need to experiment on a turtle and they're going to pick it up and be like, cool, I can experiment on this. It's a thing that it's perpetuated by science fiction. The idea that like, if you meet an alien race or beings from another world of any kind, they're all going to have like a goal, like a unified goal. Right. And they'll also probably all be wearing like silver jumpsuits with a big V on them. <laughs> you know, like it's that thing of like, Oh, everyone of this other species is going to treat us all the same, which is why I think it's very interesting that at the end of this movie, when you see the aliens, mm-hmm. there's at least three different kinds. Mm-hmm. There's the big weird spidery one, which I hate looking at, and I really don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I wonder why. I mean, I don't like spiders, but mm-hmm. maybe, hey, Allison, maybe I don't like spiders because I saw an alien like this one, and it scarred me as a young child. Maybe it was in my room, hovering over my crib. There you go. Being like, he is going to be a great podcaster. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and it spooked me, and I don't like it because it reminds me of spiders. Or I don't like spiders because they remind me of it. There you go. I'm also well, afraid of my own destiny. I, who isn't? Well, Barney um, and Betty had a lot to lose. Yeah. You know, to come out and, and speak because it was, what, in the late 50s, early yeah. 60s? Yeah. And they were a biracial yeah. couple, Interracial for couple. one. Yeah. And they, they were involved in a lot of uh, community uh, activism and uh, helping, you know, uh, charitable yeah. things. And um, they're pillars of the community and, and very Betty, respectable. And Betty said that the reason that the aliens were abducting humans was because they wanted to understand the differences in our bodies to theirs. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. She came back with the knowledge of the Zet reticular system. Zeti. Zet. I have it crossed. I think it's Zet, but I could be mistaken. Uh, and she she could draw a uh, a star map that we didn't know about, like as accurately at the time. Yeah, at yeah. the and and for just someone off the street that was yeah. not involved in. Right, did not of, work for NASA, did yeah. not have a telescope. And she, she showed them where everything, how everything was yeah. should be laid out and uh, yeah, had that. So th- th- it's really hard to knock their story and who they were as people, yeah. you know. And uh, people need to think about these things. Well, they don't want to because it challenges, you know, things they already think they know. And, you know, it makes, makes people feel small. We're not mm. the only life in the universe. It's... We're not God's special little creatures or whatever, yeah. if you believe in God, which, like, you know, whatever. And if you believe in God, it's a whole other kettle of fish because, like, nowhere in the Bible does it say, like, and on the and on the seventh day, God also did a whole bunch of other shit because we're not the only ones in the universe, you dumb idiots. Like, that's not in there. 
It's like, you know, on day one, he did fish. And on day two, maybe a bird. And then on day three, he was like, the penis should look weird. I can probably get that out today. And then <laughs> day four, he was like, oh, they need to eat fruit, I guess. Fruit. I'm going to make fruit. And then day five, he was like, trees. Trees can hold the fruit. That's good. That solves that problem. And then day six, he was like, huh, did I do birds? Maybe I'll do more birds. And he did more birds. And then he was like, I am tired. And then on day seven, he just took a nap. Let's do birds, but in the air instead of all these land birds I made. <laughs> yeah, all these land birds. Yeah, like the penguin and yeah. the ostrich and stuff. Yeah, he was like, I mean, I think these are great birds, yeah. but what Bur if they were in the birds sky? Birds mock too. Make more room on the planet. Second edition right. birds. And like... But yeah, nowhere in there is it like, oh, and also, you know, there's like a billion fucking, there's a billion suns and each of them could be orbited by a billion planets. Like yeah. there's a million billion galaxies, uh, you know, because science, science exists. Like none of that's in the Bible because we didn't know about it then. So we couldn't make it up. Right. Old, old ass Marvel comics, the Bible. Yeah. <sighs> so you were talking about cave paintings. Excuse me? Cave paintings. You were starting to talk oh, about cave paintings. Oh, I, yeah, um. Uh... Well, they, they don't know, but there are some cave paintings that look like, um, who's the guy in Ghostbusters? You know, the big Pillsbury doughboy kind of guy. Dan Aykroyd. It's the same yeah. puff marshmallow man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like drawings like that. And they interpret it like it's spacesuits, that kind of thing from... Mm. Oh, visitors yeah. and and that sort you know yeah i've seen otherwise. those it, that's hard so hard to interpret though you mm -hmm. could you could see it that way like you could see anything i mean like it's it's just as theoretically possible as like oh um they're diving suits from divers Mm -hmm. who that's true who went deep diving and you know fell through a gateway through time and space and ended up back in time like you know it's like it could be anything it could just be they saw a fat guy and they were like we don't have fat guys around here well, <laughs> this also, is a very lean ever, valley did you ever see the cave painting where they put their hands on the ceiling like stars it's very nice okay i'm sure it is yeah i've also seen the ones where they have like the multi-legged horse but it's that in the firelight it would show off and hide. Yeah, they look like they're moving. They look like yeah. they're moving. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's the so the also the horses used to have animation. more legs. Yes, but so it also makes me wonder, like, <laughs> if we're able to really conceive of them no, as yeah. they were viewed by. That's right, what I mean. The it's it's incredibly them. hard to interpret. And right. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's like it's like a yeah. fucking ink blot test. Like you could interpret it any way. You know. But there are there yeah. are many many examples. Sure. I mean, like through, again, the fucking like. All I mean, like, just from the civilized world, like, as far back as, you know, civilization and art, like, there are things where you're like, that could easily be a fucking UFO. I mean, just... Well, that's not even, again, like, we're, we're circling back around the same thing, yeah, but it's not yeah. even, we're not even, it's not even talking about maybe, like, all things like, not all, maybe some things of like ghosts and monsters and angels and like all this other supernatural phenomena of any stripe has something to do with aliens or at least like interdimensional or you know holes or wares in you know time and space like maybe a ghost isn't a ghost maybe it's somewhere you know maybe the the because the planet is floating through space and um, the theory, you know, with the Big Bang, the idea is that it's constantly expanding. So maybe we went through just like a weird little wave of energy that fucked with time briefly. 
and you you didn't actually see a ghost you just experienced a moment from a previous time or a future time or something because we went through some unknown energy some you know like antimatter or something like some shit where they're like oh we know it exists because it has to because of science like but we, we can, haven't seen it we, we don't know what it and does we don't know and, what it does yeah. like yeah exactly like they know these things are there but they don't know what they are because they're like well we're getting a reading but we don't know what it is or how it works like there's a million theories, and they could all be the same sort of thing. Some grand unified theory of spooky-ooky shit, you know. Which is the platform I'm running on. I'm gonna... We're gonna burn down the government. And we're gonna build it up. And I'm gonna be... What's a good title? God King? I like that one. Let's do that one. <laughs> that old chestnut. No, call me Mr. Manager. <laughs> I mean, then all these sour old ladies are going to want to speak to you. That's fine. <laughs> I'm Mr. Manager. I'm like, no, fuck off. <laughs> no, I can't make corn a different color. What a weird request, Betty. Anyway. Have you seen the uh, pastel corn? Yeah. yeah. The candy glass or whatever the yeah. hell it's called. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah, all corn looks like that when you're on LSD, though. <laughs> so if you really like that corn, but it's hard to get to, just find some LSD. That's way easier. Mm. It's like 10 bucks. Well, I, I imagine. Corn must be nice. Uh, yeah, I, that's, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I don't know if we've really explicitly talked about it on the podcast, but Allison has a very rare... Is it a disease? A syndrome? It's something... She has, uh, she's unable to see corn. Can't see it. It's called, it's called corn blindness. Uh, one out of every, you know, uh, 40 million people in Philadelphia <laughs> has it. So she's never had corn or anything? She's had it. She just can't see it. She has to take my word for it that it's there. I can't serve her like an ear of corn. Oh. Unless it has the, um... Are they leaves? Is that what they're called? The husk. The little yeah. handles. Has the little yeah. corn handles. Yeah. Then she <laughs> knows it's there. I just put corn and stuff. She doesn't know. Huh. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Even the band corn. She's she can hear them. them. <laughs> Can't see them. Don't know what they look like. Yeah. I, I describe them to her and she's like, that's impossible. No one would look like that. No. <laughs> who, who would choose that for themselves? Right. That's what she says. <laughs> Which, if you can see them, is rude. <laughs> Jeez. But she can't, so she's unimpeachable in this matter. <laughs> uh, oh my! Anyway, what a long, long we've been doing this. Joke. We've been doing this joke that Allison has corn blindness for about like twelve years. It's been a very long time. It's like our longest running joke. I don't remember humans. how it started, but it's so. No, no Have idea. Have you seen a doctor? It's very there, rare. Are there are any specialists. There are no specialists. <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway close yes. encounters of the third kind oh yes. i was briefly talking about the aliens at the end so they got the spider one i do not like it then they have the little ones which were uh you were talking about this during the thing they're catholic the, the, school kids they're yeah. little girls a little girls, girls private yeah. school yeah. across the road and they were like you guys mm -hmm. want to be aliens and apparently it was a fucking nightmare to shoot that because you know there's like 20 of them or whatever there's and a you, bunch yeah, maybe maybe more. more, yeah. Yeah, it's 30, I don't know, yeah. but I'm yeah. bad at guesstimating. Um, yeah. But, you know, you get them all suited up in these, like, heads and the zip-up, you know, outfits that look like alien sure. gray bodies. They got the hands on and shit, yeah. and all spooky. Yeah, the long fingers. And, like, they're like, as soon as you would you'd call action, and then one of them would be like, I have to pee. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay, cut. And they would be like, come on, and they'd take the little girl over, and they'd get her out of the stupid suit, and she'd go pee, and then they'd get her suited back up, and by the time they have done that, somebody else was like, I have to pee. I'm like, okay, everybody, let's all go pee. And they'd go pee, and they do it all again, and by the time they were ready to do it again, 
Somebody else has to pee. And they're like, well, motherfucker. Well, they, they suited up enough that if one had to go pee, they could just go without. Them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but that yeah. That would be crazy. And they're, they're, yeah, they're. Do you they're... want to pee or do you want to be in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to pee or do you want to be a star? I'm Steven fucking Spielberg. I make or break careers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the movie, and I think that it's pretty close to reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I and listen, he researched it incredibly. Yeah. I do have a nit to pick. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so when they play the tones, mm-hmm. they get back those numbers: one hundred four, forty-four, thirty, forty, seventy-six, ten. And our convenient uh, Bob inter- Balaban, yeah, Bob Balaban, interpreter who used to be a cartographer, cartographer <laughs> is like, oh, it's coordinates and stuff. And it's to Devil's Tower in Wyoming. How do the aliens know our like nomenclature for coordinates? Because it- he says something, okay, um, about it's not the right whatever or whatever for like I don't know the terminology, but like. He says, like, oh, it's not exactly the right thing for our perspective or whatever, but he's like, these are definitely. So I don't okay. know if he then, like, interprets it, but he's like, these are, like, but you're saying, like, how do they know even the format to give them? Like My guess would be they do have all those people. Okay. They have the, you know, okay, like so, the military guys. And... Right. So if they can at least figure out how to communicate enough with them, they could get something interpreted into something that could be decipherable by your average yeah. cartographer. Yeah. Okay. And also, I mean, then, I mean, like, that also like, ties our... into a lot. There are a lot of UFO or alien uh, encounter stories where that is a thing where they're like, they gave me like they 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 spoke to me in a language that not a language like visible vi- right. verbal language but like they you know communicated yeah, to me in a way that word. well not just telepathic but yeah. like they communicated data to me that I knew how to understand but wouldn't I don't think anybody else would have right. I knew what this meant which is ties into the idea that like they're shuffling through all the stuff in your head and being like okay we know how to read this but how do we talk to your dumb ass like my point is like yeah you could maybe figure out how to describe things with latitude but longitude is an entirely arbitrary point right it could be anywhere which is why they have to steal the two thousand five hundred dollar globe from the director's office or whatever which is hilarious yeah what in the movie, they they get the they get the coordinates, and they're like, "We need a globe." And then it smash cuts to them like kicking open the door of the director's office, and because like, I think Balaban's like, "I think the director has." I don't think I caught that they said it was two thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. There's a guy that goes, <laughs> "There's a guy there," and he just goes, "It's a two thousand five or twenty five hundred dollar globe." And they're like, they kick it off the stand and roll it out in the hallway. <laughs> oh boy! And he's like, "Oh jeez!" Like it's great. Oh, it's oh, really. Boy. Here's the thing that I love about this movie, like, mm. directorially, is there's so much, so many shots of, you know, everybody just looking at shit that's happening off screen because, you know, yeah. it's a spectacle. And Spielberg doesn't just do these, like, crowd shots, and he doesn't just focus on your main characters because there's only, like, four of them. He just picks a random, like, cluster of people or a random person in a group, and will start on a close-up of them, yeah. and then just pull back, and you see, like, more people, you know, like... That, that they're part of this, mm-hmm. like, you know, crowd. Yeah, so but it's, like, it's it, more interesting and also it's, it's building the suspense visually, kind of, because well, it's not just also, this one person. Yeah, and it also, like, you're right. I mean, that's... Yeah. But, like, it, it also... 
like uh, it it puts the spotlight on like these random people briefly, mm. you know, which like uh, you know, it says something about like their personal, you know, they're a part of this too, you know. It's yeah. not just the the it's the not just the handful of, of people we care about right, right and the people that you know uh, have been visited or the you know the people who are in charge like there's a you know everybody um i do like also that speaking of like specified knowledge i like that you know um when they make a break out of the 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 the, the chopper van. the chopper they're in the, a van is it a van i thought it was a yeah. helicopter no, they were in a van. Oh, that was a helicopter. With a bunch of people on two benches. And... Yeah, that was a helicopter. Yeah, no, it's a van. I think it's a helicopter. Bet you. I think it's a helicopter. Mommy knows. Well, we're not watching it again because it was two hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> um, but when they make a break from, yeah, from that, uh, it's Roy and Jillian and then the third guy whose name I forget. Larry. Who, Larry. Um, who he looks like, and my mom said he looked like an old uh, beatnik. Um, like yeah. with like a turtleneck. When he passes and... out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then... Um, um, he's you know he's winded climbing up the mountain and he's trying to catch his breath and then you know they're, they're like, like crop dusting with something well they're like kind of they're telling him like they're like larry hide yeah. you know and he's like uh you know i don't think they can see me and he's like they're like just <laughs> like what and then he sees yeah uh, a helicopter go by and it's, it's a plane spray is it a plane that's a plane yeah uh and it's spraying um you know this like something yeah he, thing, is, is which it, they said yeah. earlier they're like oh we'll use the same knockout shit that we used on the livestock they'll wake up in four to six hours with a splitting headache yeah and um so just a white plume yeah getting, so he yeah. goes oh they're just crop dusting and you know and then he gets knocked out and passes yeah. out by this mountain with no crops yeah. right <laughs> and he screams los angeles yeah which i was like way what? to go yeah. larry they're trying to get all the way to the top of the devil's tower and to get down the other side well to yeah to get to yeah and um you know they're like oh can we climb up like this side or whatever and and dreyfus is like no 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 that's like a sheer you know 300 foot drop and you know like that'd be impossible without equipment to climb it and uh he's like but if we go around to this side you know there's like an incline that goes up around this side and we can get to wherever we need to go and um jillian's like wow you sure know a lot about this and you know she's like that wasn't in any of my drawings and the, <laughs> and, and larry's like yeah like uh, none of my paintings had that. And he goes, you should try sculpting. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Like, he's not special. He's not like, oh, I'm a, I'm a cartographer too. Or I, I'm a ma- mountain expert. I've studied this mountain explicitly. Like, he's just like, Oh no. Like the way this got to me is I have model trains. So I build a lot of like little shit with clay to make my trains, you know, drive around it and whatever. And so I just started building a model out of mashed potatoes, which is famously, you know, a, that's a big right. famous moment from this movie. And and then I did my modeling clay. And then when I really had figured it out, because he, he's like, all right, he has a big fight with his wife. He's like, I'm going to take it all down. I'm done with it. And he starts trying to pull the shitty model that he built out of clay apart. And he pulls the top off and it's just flat. And he goes, oh, shit, that's it. And that's when he goes outside and he gets like, all the clay, all the dirt, all the bushes out of the front of the house, a whole bunch of trash. <laughs> and he just starts making this, you know, structure that looks like the thing. Yeah. Um, he got dirt. I said, yeah, I said dirt. You, oh, I'm sorry. When he, you know, he does that, like that's, that's just luck of the draw. He happened to do a three dimensional, like, you know, interpretation yeah. of this, as opposed to the others were drawing it or painting it or sketching yeah. it or whatever. Like that's, that's a cool, cool detail. Yeah. It's he, great. He might've been given the insight well, I think they were all given, you know, visions of it, but mm-hmm. it just was their own 
interpretation of which. Yeah, we if you want to get talking, really crazy, we were already I talking could, about filters when we were talking about the map making and everything right, yeah. and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and if you want to get really yeah. crazy, so you know the magic, magic. You know, like when they try to badmouth magic and make magic evil, they talk about the dark arts, right? Um, I think that uh, the d- different artistic styles are different ways of interpreting magic into the world, um, which is a thing they touch on in Suspiria, episode like 19 or something that we did, or mm-hmm. 23 or something. Um, and, you know, we're like, oh, how do, how do they, you know, commune with the devil and do it? It's through dance. It's through these, like, diagrams that they dance. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, you know, because you can just draw... A, bunch of symbols on the ground or you can dance them on the ground like that's much more interesting and this is kind of like that it's it's you're given data you're giving a way a given a way to communicate and the way you interpret it is up to a personal filter you know your personal experience which maybe ties back into the thing i was saying about you know mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. in the crowd and panning back and making them you know briefly important and then sort of emphasizing yeah, the idea yeah. of personal experience and filters and I don't know. I do like uh, Dreyfus, uh, you know, his kid's like, hey, do my math problems for me. He's like, no, I got out of school. I don't have to do problems anymore. Oh, man. And he's like, well, how much is 20% of 60? And he goes, okay. He's teaching this kid by simulating horrific train accidents. That's the way to do it. And I I don't think teaching kids, you know, it's like every problem's the trolley problem with this guy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's the way to go. I think it is. Brad is bad at math, is my note. And he's like, what's 20% of 60? He goes, here, I'll, I'll help you out. So he puts this, uh, you know, train car on the tracks uh, at a crossing on a bridge. And he goes, okay, 20 or whatever the whatever the fraction, a third of 60, whatever it is. Yeah. But he's like, you know, a third of this car, this is a 60-foot car, a third of it is on the bridge. How much of this car do you need to move so that, you know, the engine, which I have now turned on and is, you know, looping around, doesn't collide with it? And he really just super calmly goes, anytime now, Brad, thousands of lives are at stake. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then Brad doesn't say shit because he's dumb as dirt. And then uh, a, a horrible accident breaks out and theoretically hundreds of people die. Tiny yeah. little train people. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, in the beginning, the old man uh, who saw... The planes like reappear, yeah, and he yeah. says like oh, the boy. sun came out at night and it sang to me, yeah, yeah and like oh like my god. Yeah. But he also has the sunburn on one side right. of his face and not the other. And then we see Dreyfus, you know, he sees this like searchlight come down and his truck is briefly like zero gravity for a minute, and then everything returns to normal and the thing flies off down the road. And once his truck turns back on, I mean, there's hilarious Richard Dreyfus like his flashlight comes on, he's like ah ah. Oh, fuck. Oh. And then, like, the truck turns back on. He's like, ah, ah. Like, again, like, it's great. It's it's that Spielberg humor yeah. where he's just like, no, this will be funny if we do it again. You know, like, <laughs> and then he gives chase and follows it. But uh, when he gets out, because he turns like the, he's chasing this thing and it goes up this mountain road and he comes up around the bend and uh, Barry, the little boy, is in the middle of the road. So he swerves off and Barry's mom grabs him, pulls him out of the road and. Dreyfus gets out to be like, hey, is he okay? Are you okay? I didn't see him. I'm sorry. You know, and then these, you know, UFOs go by. But two things. One, Dreyfus now also has the sunburn on half of his face, yeah. which these kids later make fun of him. But like, I like how fast that happened. Because um, I didn't remember that. I thought it was not till the next day, you mm-hmm. know. And then um, there's like some weird like redneck family up there. And the guy's just whistling, she'll be coming around the mountain in like the most creepy fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they are not at all phased by 
the UFOs. Like, they're not reacting. They're not like, holy shit, you see that? They're just like, whistle, 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 whistle. And I'm like, oh boy. I was like, well, so you get the idea that they're just like, yeah, this happens. That's what I thought that they just saw it all the time. Yeah, and I think that's cool and weird. Like, mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Sometimes we just hang out up here on the road to see some UFOs. Happens. It's great. I love that detail. Um, yeah, his kids later uh, make fun of him saying he looks like a 50-50 bar, which I had Allison look up and it's what? A dreamsicle. A dreamsicle, which I never heard it referred to as a 50-50. It's got to be like a Midwest thing. Because yeah, they're I Indiana, so mm-hmm. I would imagine, you know. A dreamsicle is what, chocolate and vanilla? No, uh, it's like um, orange and it, vanilla. It's the orange? Yeah. It's a dreamsicle? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. We call that creamsicle. a creamsicle. Yeah, yeah. A creamsicle is what we usually call it, but it's a lot of things marketed as dreamsicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, look at my other. Oh, do you want to talk about the hand signals? Oh. So we get Truffaut. Um, well, so a they, bunch of people were getting tones from these. Yeah. Things. So again, the guy in the beginning said that, uh, the sun sang to him mm-hmm. and then we see the in India. Indian. Yeah. The, the, the whole village had an experience and they're all just chanting this thing. I don't know what the words there are, what they're saying, but they're saying it in that tone. Bum, 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 bum. There's a great shot of a guy like walking around with the microphone, just like recording the crowd. Yes. And so then we get Truffaut giving like a lecture where they're playing the individual tones of each word and he's doing these hand signals. Yeah. So solfege, I think is how you say it. Um, Sounds right is, to me. Is the like syllabic scale. So the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do is solfage. Oh, very nice, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Hand signals were associated with it by John Kerwin. They're also known as Kerwin signs, but they were used in uh, Zoltan Kodali's method for teaching music and scales and stuff. Oh. Um, And so it's that there are different hand signals associated with these uh, syllabic notes sure um and i mean like there's like i don't know whole thing about uh you know whether they're fixed or not if they're not fixed then they are based on whatever key the music is in okay do as the base note so like if something's in the key of g do would be g but if it's the fixed scale do is uh c okay right so like do re mi fa so la is you know c d e f g a b c right uh so the tones that are the six tones in the movie are d e c c g with the second c being an octave lower than the first one yeah so bum 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 yeah it's re mi do do so tone deaf corn blind yeah well um but yeah that was cool because i was we we were watching it my mom's like hey do you understand the thing about the hand signs so that's not in that scene's not in the traditional version it's only in the director's cut i've never seen that scene before i don't think and i i don't remember it from any other time i watched this but i definitely have at least like i said at least 10 or more years ago intentionally watched the director's cut because i had never seen it before and that might be the last time i watched this Mm -hmm. so it's been a while but i don't remember that scene at all in the traditional version, um, it opens with the Gobi Desert scene with them finding the sub. It doesn't open with the planes. They don't do the planes at all. Oh, yeah, in the regular one, they do. No, I don't remember yeah, the planes at all. Yeah. I, 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 I no, remember I'm opening sure. with the sub. I'm sure. So Really? Yeah. Right. yeah. One final note on the hand signals is that um, 
from the image that I have, they have different sort of moods associated with these different tones. Okay. And so, like I said, we're we're dealing with uh, Ray Mi Dodoso. Yeah, Ray Mi Dodoso. Ray being a rousing or hopeful tone, Mi being steady or calm, Do being strong or firm, and uh, So being grand or bright. So these are all relatively positive associations. We're not using Ti, La, or Fa. Ti being the piercing or sensitive tone, La being sad or weeping, and Fa being desolate or awe-inspiring. Huh. So as a greeting, it's also utilizing tones that are relatively positive, positive or inspiring in, in, in that way. Sure. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. A thing that I cannot remember how long ago or where I heard it, but... Um, the sequence of notes in that order, um, ending on G, are you saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what precedes it? Uh, it's D, E, C, C, G is the total. So something about that in that order, um, is musically akin to ending, um, a sentence with but. Mm. Full oh. stop. Like it's it's something that is musically unsatisfying if you are a student of music, like something, so uh, that they specifically chose it so that it wouldn't feel like complete. It wouldn't feel like a jingle, or you know, like they mm-hmm. wanted to be memorable. And by you know, by making it a little incomplete feeling in this way, it's more memorable. It stands out more. Or maybe there's more to come. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. So that that's that's something that I heard. Or read years ago. I don't mm. remember where, but yeah, I've always remembered that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, speaking of Devil's Tower, when uh, when <laughs> when Roy is uh, like building his like large scale model mm-hmm. with all the junk, um, he's on the phone with his wife, and he's trying to be like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Like, it's fine. Everything's cool. Like, you know, <laughs> I know you took the kids and you left, but like, come back. Everything's cool. Yeah, I just I built a giant." model of this uh, thing in our in our den or whatever you know like no big deal but he's got the tv on and the tv goes from a bud commercial to the news and they're like a chemical spill has been reported outside of devil's tower wyoming and there's this great you know bit of dramatic irony it's all like one shot with the tv kind of in the foreground on the right side of the screen and he's pacing around this giant uh, model of this mountain. mountain and then at one point he like comes really close to the screen and he like he looks at the TV while he's on the phone, but then he like you know he's engaging more with her on the phone, so he looks away, and it shows a shot of Devil's Tower. So now we know that oh that's Devil's Tower, oh shit! But he doesn't know it. It's this great dramatic irony where the whole scene, the whole it's not long, it's about thirty seconds a minute after that, but like the whole rest of the time you're like oh shit, he's gonna see it, and then because they he teases it, Spielberg teases it where it's kind of far in the background a few times, where if you're looking, you're like oh that looks like that thing. If you don't know, you know like, oh those look similar. And then there's one like really close up shot where like it's exactly the the angle that we're at too. Right. Like it looks exactly the same. And then it cuts back to, like you know to the reporter. And then right before it goes to commercial or whatever, he like hangs up the phone and he like looks at the TV and it goes to that and he's like, oh shit! Like it's <laughs> great. It's so perfectly like done and timed and mm-hmm. oh man, it's it's amazing. Um, they go to a press conference. He goes to a press conference with other UFO witnesses. And they're a bunch of mixed, they're a mixed bag of kooks. And there's one guy who has a job I want. Because my <laughs> head canon is that this weird old farmer gets paid by the government a tidy sum to go in and just say a bunch of other crazy shit so they all look like <laughs> nutcases. Because they're like, 
you know, they're like the, 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 I don't know who they're talking to. The, I think it was like a panel, wasn't it? Like military people? Yeah, but I don't, know who the, like, I don't know who the head guy was, but he, there a general never was a head guy. Well, he was talking to one guy specifically who was, he was saying like, oh, I wish I, I wish I could see these things. You know, I've been looking for them. I can't find them. And, you know, and Dreyfus goes, you can't, you know, uh, like. You can't fool us by agreeing with us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you can't brush us off. They all kind of like, hey, fucking. And, and he's like, no, no, you know what I mean? Like. You can't just say, like, yeah, I'm sure they're out there and we'll leave. That's what he's getting at. And then this this dude goes, yeah, I've seen them. Saw Bigfoot once, too, in Sequoia National Park. Like, it's, And I was just like, fuck, in my mind, right before they came in, you know, right before they all, like, walked in, some guy in a suit went up and was like, you know, Lewis? And he was like, yeah. And he goes, here's your money. And he handed him a little nondescript brown envelope. And Lewis tucked it in the inside pocket of his overalls or whatever. And he was like, oh, I'll make him seem crazy as shit. Don't you worry about nothing. And I was like, fuck, that's a perfect job for me. I done seen the, the UFOs. And also Elvis was there. And he was uh, shucking a whole bunch of invisible corn. Yeah, just a whole conspiracy theory, false flag, but yeah. actually real. And they're paying me off. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's a good, that's a good job. Damn. Be so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to say something. My favorite line okay. in the movie is Truffaut yes. seeing Larry, uh, Jillian, and Roy run across yeah, the, the field. M- the military people want to give chase, and he's yeah. like, he's like, well, I don't even know why we're doing any of this anyway. And he goes, you know. They didn't choose this place. He's a, we they didn't, didn't. We didn't choose this place. They didn't choose this place. That's what he says. Like, Oh, is it th- we didn't, and then they yeah. didn't? Oh, and he says, they were invited. Yeah. That is just, that just takes great. me away. Yeah. Yeah, Roy's the only one they end up taking, even though they have all these people prepped to go. Well, that's because his family life sucks so bad. He oh, yeah, he blew up he his whole life. He wanted to get away. So, yeah, they're, they're going up to him, like, you know, they're all standing there, like, staring at all this. So what happens is, uh, I wrote down the, the procession of events for the UFOs. You get three small ships. They play the theme for them. They sort of fly away, disperse. Uh, then we see the clouds roll in. Yeah. Um, which you said that's... Uh... Oh, they did a really cool practical effect thing where uh, in a fish tank they had a layer of salt water and then a layer of fresh water over top, which is less dense, so it floats on top of the salt water. And then they put paint in the fresh water, which kind of billowed out like clouds, but it's also still lighter than like and less dense than the salt water so it kind of collects on top and they were able to make a you're able to film it from underneath so it looks like the clouds above you right yeah so it's this very swirling cloudy effect but that it has a bottom kind of yeah you know (laughs) um and they you know run some lights yeah underneath like they've shown some lights under it and then they just you know added these little composite of uh the ufos coming through and everything which is great Um, yeah, it looks real good. It looks amazing because it's a practical effect. And even yeah. if it doesn't look 100% real, it still looks better than, you know, a pretty good thing that'll look like crap in 10 years. Like Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- I think the clouds looked fine. I think the ships maybe are, like, a little shakier. Yeah, but they still yeah. look way better than, they you do. know. They do. Yeah, than if it was yeah. all CG. And it's just like, oh, I might as well watch a cartoon now. Totally. Um, so Jillian and Roy are, like, perched up, you know, uh, looking down on the base. And Roy's like, I have to get closer. And she's like... No, I'm good here. And he's like, no, come on. And she's like, no, I'm staying. Because she's like, this is enough for me. Like, yeah. um, but he, you know, this is, he's obsessed now. This is his obsessive nature. Yeah, she's you know? just kind of there to pick up her kid. Well, yeah. that's what End she was day. upset. She said, Barry's not here. So she didn't want to go down. Yeah, she was hoping she that he would be up there with yeah, the military she people. She didn't that he know wasn't. that there was a mothership coming. To... Well, she knew something was coming. 
Yeah. But, uh, so she stays behind, and Roy gets closer. And you get more individual ships, and they're all different designs. They don't all look the same. They don't all look unified, which I always thought was super cool, because it made sense to me. Yeah. Because, like, you know. Different ships have different purposes. Or also, if it is, in fact, different races or species or anything. Or it could just be, you know. Or it could be, you know, a species or, you know, something that, like, prizes individuality. Where it's like, oh, everybody, you get a bubble. You get a bubble, and that's how you fly through space. You can decorate however the fuck you want. Yeah. Put whatever lights or fins or whatever you want on it. It's modular. It's like fucking Ikea. Yeah. Like, who knows? I always thought that was a great idea. Everybody pimps their ride. Yeah, why would why would it be like, oh, we have to all decide on one look for everything. Get the fuck out of here. This is the future. This is space, baby. Come on. Um, Then the mothership. Then they have the tonal vocabulary thing, which... Uh, uh, one of them says, like, you know, they're doing it, and it's getting faster and faster, right, and yeah, they're conversing yeah. with the ship, and all these, like, guys are standing behind the mixing board, and the one's like, basic tonal vocabulary, it's the first day of school, fellas, and they're, like, learning it, and I think that's great. Um, they slip the Jaws theme in. Yeah. At the, oh, I didn't... At the end, when the ship is, like, winding <laughs> down, it does the boom, boom, a couple I of times. Yeah, it's great. That. I love it. Oh my goodness, I'm surprised. Um, then the gate, uh, like the 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 you know, landing tra- track ramp thing comes down. Yeah. Um, pilots from the beginning all come out, and then one of the guys goes, "They haven't aged." Einstein was right, and the other guy goes, "Einstein was probably one of them." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought was great. Love that. There's more people come off. That was like the diverse group of different people that we saw, and then Barry comes off. And Jillian has is, has moved a little closer, and she sees Barry. She comes over and gets Barry. That's great. And then they, they you know, start coming up to uh, Roy, and they'll be like, you know, Mr. Neary, we were told you would cooperate with us and whatever. And, you know, they're asking a bunch of questions. And um, he, we don't get a direct scene of him being like, hey, I want, I'm going to go with them. Or like, hey, do you want to go with them? It's kind of like, it'll be like Truffaut comes up to him or Balaban or somebody, and they'll be like, you know, Mr. Neary, like, you know, you were called here, and he's like, yes, and then it'll cut to something else, and then it cuts back. Right. So it's all happening kind of, like, simultaneously and off-screen, and it's, I think it's really well done, because well, the whole time you're like, what's, what's what exactly is going on? I think it's confusing in a way that matches what's going on in the scene. You know, like, everybody doesn't know well, what's going and, on. Yeah, like, everybody's confused. But do you notice when he walks up toward the the ramp, all those the little i guess they're supposed to be grays yeah they all come up to him well that's the thing is they they, then they, they like usher they, him they, they usher, welcome him yeah yeah like, they usher roy off right. and they put him in one of the devo suits and um i think it's Truffaut says to him like you know mr yeah mr neary i envy you yeah which is cool yeah. and then yeah he comes back in his devo suit and he's the last one in line and uh, they're all all the other ones are i guess astronauts or scientists or something and they're all like ready to go mission control whatever and all these little alien, these little girls in alien suits are like, no, no, not this one. No, 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 no. Ooh, I like this one. Can we keep him? Yeah. And they take him on board the ship. Um, and then the the last one comes out, which looks different than the spidery one and also looks different than the little ones. And so a thing that I never thought of before I watched it this time is, do you think that's supposed to be a hybrid? Because it also oh, blinks, uh, yeah. which yeah. none of the other ones blink. Right. And, you know, um, Truffaut does the hand signals to it, yeah, and it yeah, does yeah. them back. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, do you think that's supposed to be a hybrid? Oh, Because it does kind of, it's in between the two heights. 
It kind of it looks has a more little, of a body. Yeah, yeah. like it has yeah. like a weird little paunchy belly. It's got more of a face. It has eyelids. It's really weird, yeah. and it smiles like yeah. It's all animatronic, and it looks pretty good. It doesn't look great. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little uh, animatronic. It's a little uncanny valley. Yeah, creepy. But it also isn't yeah. supposed to look r- like a real thing you're familiar with. So right. I think it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was now I never it never occurred to me before this, but, but I was yeah, like, it's Ooh. got a little like Country Bear Jamboree, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, its kinda, hand motions are very you know, like uh, Johnny. Uh, yeah, Johnny Five. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like robotronic. Um, robotic. Yeah, robotronic. Okay. And then. Um, then Roy gets on the mothership and then it flies away and then credits roll over like the shot of the mothership flying like right by the camera and it's great and the lights are like doing the uh the what do they call the starbursty thing you know like they're flashing in the lens and you know yeah and it's it's beautiful it's amazing looking because it's like a practical thing that they that mothership looks great and like the mothership is a great example of like you know people who are like you know what did you see? And they're like, I don't, it was like, uh, it was a thing. And I mean, he does it. Roy, Roy does it when he first comes home where he's like, it looked like it was, uh, I was like, uh, and he can't really even get words to be like, I don't know how to describe what I saw. Like, and he's waking his wife up in the middle of the night. He's like, let's go up to, you know, I'll show you where it was. Maybe he'll come back. And then she's like, okay, so what are we looking for? He's like, it looked like a, a ice cream cone. She's like, yeah. yeah, what flavor? He's like, it wasn't like an ice cream cone. It was like, uh, whatever, you know, like, and he's mm-hmm. tr- still trying to find the words. But when the mothership takes off, it's like there's so many parts to it. It doesn't look like it. You know, it it kind of looks like a city on top with like things poking out of the sides and all these different layers of lights that seem to move like independently. Like they don't all seem to be turning the same direction or at the same rate or doing flashing Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like it's and you get that it would be impossible to describe that thing. Like how would you describe that? Three blind men describing an elephant or whatever. Uh yeah. Where depending on exactly what your perspective is, you might have a very different Yeah, what is that? It's somebody one of them feels the tail and they say it's a rope. One of them feels the trunk and they say it's a snake and one of them feels the leg leg and they say it's a tree or something. Yeah. Whatever just it's a, yeah. it's a proverb you, you gotta you, make hay I, while the I, sun shines yeah, so. I've heard that y'all can before. look it up about the blind men and the alien not alien alien elephant. <laughs> elephant oh boy that's where they came from too much the, aliens i like that the blind man and the alien I yeah really i mean that's that, what it, that listen you you find me an, you find me an animal on earth that looks more like an alien life form than an elephant and it's a platypus or the blobfish no those just look like a mistake <laughs> Yeah. You know why they look like that is that they're deep sea. So being up on the surface is too much atmospheric pressure. Oh, so it changes. Distorts them. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never, never knew that. Yeah. A blockfish? Blobfish. Blob, blobfish. Oh, blob. The you know ugliest that? sea yeah. creature. They just look goofy. Yeah. yeah, I know what they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, the theory is they don't actually look like that when they're alive and at their correct depth. Oh, that's, that's wild. interesting. Yeah. You know, they've been finding so many things that they didn't know were in the ocean recently yeah i'll say in the last two or three years yeah it is there's a scary. ton of shit down there that we have no idea about right i mean two or three new kinds of whales mm-hmm. and uh yep. you know just all kinds of, of yeah and they're all jerks <laughs> it's the oh. worst part you find all these new whales and you're like oh these will be really cool whales nope they suck whales they're right. all into nfts <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the joke. That's good. You're living a good life because you don't know what NFTs are, and you never should. But whales are the best. Not these whales. I think whales have a lot of 
uh, intellect that we need to learn. <laughs> oh, and, and Iceland yeah, like started... Yeah, strain your dinner out of the ocean. <laughs> Iceland started... Uh, it's a baleen whale Whaling joke. again. I okay. was shocked to hear that. I, I got no, I got no dog in this fight. I am so tired. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like there's so many, there's so many fucking. Again, I say this, ev- I say this every week. We are living in the middle of a baker's dozen apocalypses. Everyone, every possible apocalypse, we're in the middle of, and it's tiring. I'm very tired. I keep hoping that they're going to come and save us. Maybe. Well, uh, maybe if we end this episode and we can uh, vote. Maybe they'll be Yay. enticed to come, come and uh, talk about their favorite film. Which, boy, I hope it's not Freddy Got Fingered because Allison gonna be mad. <laughs> There's just too much horse penis in that. It's a movie starring Thomas Green. Yeah. Noted thespian. I know. Tra- that's that's one of those things. Where, I haven't like, heard his name the, in years. The trailer yeah. had all the best parts. No. For me. For you, yeah. Yeah. Now it's time to vote. Oh, clever. See, I did it. What are we voting? Oh, is it a hate watch or a great watch? Mom, you brought this film. You suggested this. Let's let's start with you. Oh, I think it's it's an she incredible. Hates it. Okay, Allison. No, 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 no. Don't do that to your mother. It is the greatest of watches. Mm-hmm. Now it's a wonderful film. It's a Rolex. Everybody should <laughs> take a peep. Yeah, it's it is it's it. Just go for the ride. Yeah, it's great. You know, it, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's scary. It's, if you want to think about things pertaining to it afterwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it might actually the spark truth some... truth is out there. Some discussion. and yeah. yeah. But it's scary at parts. Like, it's a well-made horror movie in, in parts. Yeah. It's great. And very weird. There's that... The you scariest know, part is in the, her yeah, house. Yeah, when Barry gets when Barry abducted. Gets well, he tuck- leaves. Like, well, did you? Well, she's tugging on him, and he gets pulled the other he, way. Well, he wants to go outside because oh, he wants the, he the yeah UFO toys. Um, so he crawls out through the dog door. Um, but there's a great thing where yeah, he wakes up in the middle of the night, and you know he goes in the, into the kitchen, and all the food in the refrigerator is like thrown across the floor, and the dog door is like flapping like something just ran through it or whatever and then he's standing there and he just starts looking like off to screen right and like and then off to screen left and he smiles he looks back to screen right you know and you're like oh they're in the kitchen now you know like Mm -hmm. but there's i don't think there's any like sound of like they walked in or the door opened or like it's just they're just there and it's all very weird and strange. And, like, mm-hmm. why the food on the floor? Like, why that? You know. Well, that's what I said. Steven Spielberg did that in E.T., e. T., too. But I thought that was because E.T. was hungry. Oh, I like, don't Like, specifically. Know. Maybe. Because you know, his... there were open cans of Coke spilled. Yeah, and, and later on he gets drunk. I thought it had to do with energy and pressure. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, with yeah. the uh, uh, magnetic Yeah, it just threw and... the door open and everything yeah. fell out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that, that also happens again when, during the abduction scene is that the refrigerator flies open, but then so also does the oven and, like, other... The dishwasher or yeah. 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 And then also like the, the screws, come out the screws yeah, the unscrew the floor mm-hmm. grate, and then the grate yeah. pops open. Yeah. The um, uh, Roy sees the mailboxes, and they all just pop open one after another. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, there's no explanation for that. How or no. why would that happen? Like, right. nobody knows. High strangeness. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. This is a great watch. This is like a incredibly well made film, and I think just like a you know great and also. Spielberg wasn't uh, wasn't afraid to make them 
scary even if his ultimate goal wasn't to make them scary like he mm-hmm. you know wasn't afraid to be like oh look like you could be scared by this this is a thing that could easily be scary you don't know what this is very scary it's a scary situation but they're not bad you know whereas later on he just is like crystal skull i don't know some cgi alien bullshit and they went back to their home planet the end and you're just like boy that was lazy <laughs> The, I'm alluding to the fourth yeah. Indiana Jones where they're almost I was like oh they're gonna do an Indiana Jones where they like you know this is Spielberg later in his career like reckoning with all his alien stuff because he's always been obsessed with aliens been interested in them you know mm-hmm. I was like oh he's gonna make like some kind of grand thesis statement on aliens somehow using Indiana Jones like that's very exciting and then it was trash and I was very mad <laughs> and I was like oh no that was trash that was like a Tomb Raider game I just watched a Tomb Raider game and it sucked now this is very good yeah this is great this is you know this is again four bones out of uh, on an eight eight bone scale or whatever the eight eight rating scale, mm-hmm. four bones, all four bones. And for a first timer, Allison. Yeah, oh yeah, first time. yeah, it was a great watch. Um, it felt shorter than the runtime would have let me led me to believe, but also like movies nowadays are a slog for no reason. This at least like. Any any asides were interesting, like when we're yeah it, at different places around the globe, just looking at weird shit happening. Yeah. That's cool and, and weird. And the scenes are designed to do more than just give you information. Oh yeah, well, so it's not just like oh we can get ten scenes done in twenty minutes because they're all two minutes long. It's like no, we'll do two, you know, right? Two five minutes, like just let these things sink in right well and you know and yeah it's it's excellent writing and storytelling where like you know we foreshadow things and we have dramatic irony in scenes and you know we're like having some like laughs or some apprehension while we're also getting like some information out there about how some of these things behave or what's going on and like all that's really just yeah classic good storytelling it's pure cinema yeah it, so, yeah. it hits all the bases. It's it not really like, does. oh, you're just going to laugh the whole time. Or, oh, you're just going to feel this thing. It's like, no, you're going to feel yeah. a whole gamut of emotions. Yeah. It's great. It so is. It's why Steven Spielberg is, you know, yeah. like the, of course he's good at movies guy. Like, he's a great storyteller. He's a great yeah. storyteller. Yeah. One of the yeah. best. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, it's good. If you haven't seen it, you should uh, check it out. We didn't, definite. Yeah. We didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> no, there's no, yeah, no. Um, Um, and yeah, I mean, like I was talking about this cause I hadn't actually sat down with this, but I was like, I know it's referenced in a bunch of stuff that I've seen. And I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Famously, uh, the Simpsons, when Homer wants to go to clown college, he's building a clown circus tent out of mashed potatoes. (laughs) And, uh, the whole family's looking at him kind of like Richard Dreyfuss when he's building the potato, uh, mountain in this. And, uh, uh, he looks at Marge and she's dressed like a clown. She has makeup on. And she's like, what's the matter, homie? Do, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's that. Uh, the um, Devil's Tower and the tonal sequence are referenced in... I, I had a whole list of, like, uh, South Park, Futurama, Rick and Morty are all things that immediately came to mind. Sure. That had, like, bits of that. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know... Yeah, I've South definitely Park come across some of these concepts in other pop culture before and i knew what it was referencing but that doesn't necessarily mean i had a handle on what the movie was until i got to yeah. see it quickly if you had to pick your favorite like scene or moment from the movie what would it be i know this is tough but 
I'll go first. I think my favorite all time is the the Roy and his truck sequence. I think all of that is great. Oh yeah. That's just so it's so fun and weird. Yeah, like the light, you know, you see the lights and it's history like I talked about before and then it's a car behind him and then it's a UFO and yeah. then the light shines on it and then it's, you know, flying down the road and it shines the light briefly on something else like maybe yeah. to get its bearings. It's unclear and like thunder claps and like it's just so like weird and spooky and you know supernatural and then he's like fuck i'm gonna give chase and like goes follow it's great it's the whole sequence is great i'm not sure i'd probably think about it some more and change my mind yeah but there's things to like in every scene <laughs> yeah i i i really like the end yeah with the mothership when that comes in it's just so impressive yeah. and uh you know, when they're trying to communicate and everything, and it Great. just comes through, maybe that would be it today. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, because, like... That's fine. It's a lot to take yeah. in, yeah. And, I mean, even, like, visually unimpressive scenes are still emotionally fraught. Like, oh, when yeah. uh, we have the, um, the, the um, what is it, the traffic control... In oh, yeah. Indianapolis. And so it's just a bunch of guys standing in front around of radar. Yeah, in front of commu computer yeah, monitors. Yeah. But they're, you know, going back and forth with pilots narrowly avoiding a collision. And there's even a with thing the at UFO. the end where it's like, you know, uh, you know, whatever call signs you want to like file a, a report about a UFO, a UFO or UFO. And they're like, no, but it's like after like a very pregnant pause. And then they're like, you know. And, and other, other, other one, plane, yeah. yeah, do you want to report a UFO? And they're like, no. And then it's like, well, do you want to make a report of any kind? And they're just like, no. I wouldn't know what kind of <laughs> right. report right. to make. Yeah, they're and like, like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy, but also I don't know how to describe this. And like, it's one of the most visually uninteresting scenes, but it is also one of the more tense sequences aside from the abduction of... Yeah, because uh, it's, it's Jaws. And that is, yeah. so, that is so... Yeah real yeah mm -hmm. well it's because we're not well it, and it works because we're not cutting to planes we're not cutting to yeah, pilots no. it's you get all, nothing yeah. it's all in this one room it's all in your head yeah yeah mm. yeah again pure cinema yeah yep. well my mom doesn't have social media which is good for all of us so you can't follow her and she can't follow you so that's great it's every, everybody wins everybody wins it's great. <laughs> if you, you have follow, any evidence uh, of the aliens you should send it to us and we can forward yeah, it yeah we can forward it <laughs> All right. Please do that. I believe. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we we believe you that you believe. Um, I'm waiting. <laughs> she is waiting. So um, you can email us uh, with you know anything or all your UFO proof at right hate watch great watch that's w r i t e h w g w gmail dot com. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at h w g w podcast on both of those platforms. You can get us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other, other Wednesday. Oh, my God. I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know she did. <laughs> fucked with me. <laughs> uh, we'll do it together. Ready? No. You can get us every other Wednesday. That's every, every other Wednesday. Wednesday. I was it's flat. So <laughs> on, on moviejohn.com. And please support the Movie John Patreon. That's patreon.com slash M-O-V-I-E-J-A-W-N, Movie John. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Mom. For coming here and being here all day and Thank cutting up for... a watermelon and making a huge mess on my <laughs> counter and uh allison for making uh watermelon smoothies and as always recording a whole podcast yeah. uh, with me well you know what they say what make smoothies when your mom brings a watermelon 
I have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. It's Perfect. funny because he has. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>